0: this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Alright, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys
2: know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans, that's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Thanks. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this 2021 year of stardom review. Um... I am with Rich Lada, as always. What's going
1: on, man? Chilling, man. Just uh, ready for a great uh, review show of possibly Japan's best promotion?
2: It's kind of looking that way. It's kind of looking that way. Um, I mean, it might not be at the peak bell to bell as good as New Japan, but if you tell me stars, people um, having hot matchups, fresh matchups, people going into uh, next year looking... Um, looking, looking at a new entire slate of matches at the top of the card, it's stardom. It is not New Japan. Um, so yeah, uh, but we'll get into that in a second. But first, uh, special guest as always, we have a uh, a guest uh, for our year end reviews shows, and uh, this is no different. Uh, for the first time ever on One Nation Radio, we have from the retro. I'm sorry, from the Red Leaf Retrocast. JD,
0: what's going on, man? Hey, I am happy to be here. I love you guys. I got a couple a uh, couple listeners from my podcast recommended you guys earlier this year. Oh, wow. I've been listening to you guys ever since. Love your show. Love what you guys do. Love the wacky opinions. Your Cody hate gets me every week. That is so funny. <laughs>
1: Man, it, I, I think I'm gonna go go crazy tomorrow night um, when we do this. Just you know, it's gonna be.
0: You're go crazy about that Dustin Rhodes Buff Bagwell match in 2021? Oh, man. <laughs> oh. oh
1: yeah, it was uh, <laughs> it was a lot, man. Like, and I don't know the Cody stuff. I you know I just I feel very strongly about a promotion not like drinking poison, and I think you know what he's doing at times uh, with this new kind of uh, thing he set out on. You know, uh, he's playing with dynamite for uh, Latin, there a better word.
0: It's those biggest reactions of every show. You can't deny that. <laughs> Whether yeah. good or bad. <laughs> yeah. So did, so did, so did like Hangman
2: hey Man Page with the Cowboy shit. And like, you see how that's drawing. So, um,
0: Ooh, right. Okay. So I, look,
2: <laughs> I, I like hate My point is this like, it's really cool that people get reactions, whatever else. Like, are people watching? Because I thought that was the kind of the point. Um, and he has people watching. Um, but I don't think that, like, there is i think there's just diminishing returns on this like this is third title reign and um, very
0: possible
2: like i don't i i unless he turns heel to, to, to immediately like or not immediately but like get it to somebody that we haven't played on my like a jungle boy at eddie kingston i think that he's playing with fire it but anyway um anyway yeah yeah let's, that's let's get that conversation the it's enough, a, it's enough
0: about enough. the best promotion in japan yes
2: yes 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 <laughs> Stardom 2021 man I don't even know where to start I, uh normally in these in these shows we kind of go with our guests first and then we uh we kind of um work off of them so like 2021 when you think of stardom you think of uh the m- momentum where do you think this promotion was uh going into the year and where do you think it is going out of it into
0: 2022 oh man so when the when the I, I think through it wasn't just stardom. It was about every promotion around the world because we were still in the midst of the pandemic. And there was just so many questions over, is it going to continue? When are we going to get fans back? Especially in Japan, are they going to be able to start cheering? Are these arenas going to be able to run full capacity again? There was just so many questions regarding the business side uh, in Japan and especially Joshi Wrestling. Because make no mistake about it, these companies are in trouble. <laughs> And I said for a long time all year, it's not going to be during the pandemic we're going to see a lot of these promotions struggle. It's going to be when we start coming out of it relatively. And boy, did the end of 2021 really bite a lot of these companies in the ass. <clears throat> but with Stardom, uh, over the course of the year, there was a lot of uh, fans, uh, anti-fans of Stardom. They're, they're out there for sure. Where could oh, yeah. they continue this momentum heading into the year? Uh should they scale backward questions? Are they making stars? All these questions were very important. Hey, I, I don't uh, ever uh, disregard questions, no matter how asinine or uh, <laughs> uh, relevant they are. <clears throat> but I, I would say confidently at the end of the year, they have made stars. They have drawn good business. They're one of the only two companies that have actually uh, increased attendance throughout the entire year uh, the only other company would be a w so from a business standpoint stardom was a great success throughout the year and you look at uh, statistics across the board this company is on fire and it's arguably the it's tied with noah for the number three promotion in the entire country in japan rich do you want to go or do you want me to go oh uh,
1: yeah i'll go um you know The pandemic threw a lot off in 2020, and I feel like every year that I've watched Stardom, it's gotten better. And this is no exception as obviously the teenagers turn into young adults. The young adults turn into, you know, early 20 year olds and uh, 20 year olds become, (laughs) you know, you know, of course, we've got a uh, another section. Uh, introduced like age-wise into the promotion this year, which was, you know, for me, it wasn't there before. Like you've got your Donovan Del Mondo and you've got your um, Cosmic Angels. Like that kind of veteran, uh, you know, experience, uh, I think really added a lot to the promotion and it gave, you know, obviously the influx of new talent help, but um, it just felt like more of uh, that soccer system that I talk about. Like you're loving to see people go up to levels. We saw a lot of great elevations, um this year and going into it it was like all right um I know Shuri's like super raw. Maybe it'll go with her. I don't know. But we were coming <laughs> off the big uh Iwatani with Rain and it was like uh, we had a lot of questions with Utami. Uh I think a lot of people did and I feel like she answered all of them. Um and I have a you know I have to send my ballot in to uh Dave. Uh I know my women's wrestling uh, MVP is going to be, so I feel like this promotion would, you know, it follow behind
2: with Tommy. Yo, um, just like a lot, what both of y'all said, like I, I look at the top and you, look, or I look at last year, and I think that given what happened with you know with with Hannah and with Arisa, and um, the COVID stoppage, there was a huge whole chunk left out of the year in. They kind of had to, you know, they had plans, obviously, of doing something big and huge with Hannah and Julia, and um, they they had to pivot, and what they pivoted in was something better than they ever had planned. Um, like, to go from, and I, and I wrote about this, uh, the only time I've ever written about wrestling, but um, to go from having... To losing Orissa and losing, Ju- or sorry, Hannah, and then like basically saying, you know what, we're going to pair their two greatest rivals and have them go at it, and you know to start off like they're they're hitting each, they're they're you know they're hitting Tam's hitting Orissa's thirteen ninety nine, and um, and you have uh, Julia doing the you know the the running in place of Hannah stuff as they go at it, and then all of a sudden they're brawling at the end of the match, and you're just like this was awesome when they were in this ring together. And then they, they paired that and hold it together and then get to uh Budokan hall after, uh, that great feud. And then like Mayu is literally like at the top having like the ACE run that of all ACE runs in 2020 to get it to, um, Utami. I thought, I thought, is she going to have great matches? Sure. Um, I, I think she's, quite frankly, she's a lot better at tag, uh, singles matches than tag matches for whatever reason, but she just is, and um, once I saw that Momo match in December of last year, I was like, okay, I have an idea, I, I know it's going to go well, did I know it was going to go great to this level? No, a- absolutely no idea, so happy that, uh, so happy the way that she's elevated herself, so happy that of the way that she has... Um, rich has talked about this over the years how she is like she looks like a different person and um the way that she carried the main event scene by, you know from you know the two micah matches the shuri series um you know basically giving a, a, a curveball like hey go you know hazuki is is back go give her a match i thought she's fantastic and i thought that um her her series of tag matches, all that stuff with Shuri was like the best stuff, uh, bell to bell in in stardom, um, on house show level stuff or row two level stuff. And um, I just thought, I just thought that you know, with that with Shuri, with Tam with with Utami, and um, I thought that they held up the top three you know spots on the card on pay per views and everything like all throughout the year at a at a very high level. And then on the uh, then on the other end, you had like Mayu and the in the Oedo Tai thing leading to uh Starlight Kids. like um, like her leaving and her elevating in Oedo Tai. Yeah, Julia like working undercard like with the white button at beginning of the year doing doing the tag stuff with Shuri. I thought that like they did a very fantastic job. And then you get to the the Grand Prix, and I'm just like, I'm sorry, do we need to just like rename this? Do we like? this thing was basically like the damn G1 almost. That's how ridiculous uh, these matches were. There were no five-star matches initially going off, but the the the, the floor was just as, was higher than G, the G1's floor, and it was very impressive. And then after that, they refocused themselves towards osaka Joe Hall and um, getting out the year, and I thought that, you know, with the Momo stuff, it wasn't fantastic. So I thought, like, you know, um, outside of wishing they didn't book as many draws... I, I, I thought that this was – I thought this was about the best wrestling promotion you could get from, uh, from top-level wrestling to um, – from quality wrestling to top-level wrestling to, um, like, fresher matchups or matchups that don't feel overdone or overused, and I, I, just, I just really love this year. This is my favorite year watch Stardom, and, like, you know, I thought 2020 was weird because of the, the breakdown, but I, I never would have thought that, like, by the end of the year, we're getting to uh, Sumo Hall – they they pulled three thousand on like a couple days after Christmas, or a few days after Christmas, and then they announced there they're, they're gonna go back to back uh sumo halls in the end of March. So, yeah, I um especially in comparison to the other Joji promotions, like they're all struggling. Like uh, Ice Ribbon's fifteenth anniversary show was like what, five hundred and thirty something people?
0: Five hundred and eighteen an absolute failure, uh, to draw <laughs> in one of their biggest matchups they could possibly do. Yeah. Uh now they didn't Technically lose any money off it, but it's still a, it's still a horrible number. That there's no excuse for that part yeah. part of it, and we could go into a huge conversation over. I know my co-host uh, very much disagrees with my takes on Ice Ribbon these days. He's more on the positive side. I'm more on the uh, doom, and uh, wo- doom and gloom side uh. for sure. <clears throat> but there is some uh, ironic hope <laughs> heading into 2022 uh, with a lot of the departures from the promotion. But that's an ice ribbon conversation we're here yeah. for. We're for we're here to hit the music, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> We've already missed it already. On, yeah. look,
2: let's do it now. Go ahead, Rich.
1: <laughs> I guess it's time to hit the music. <laughs>
2: Okay, so we're back. Um, and I, I always, I can feel like when people uh, do the show or listen to the show on the stream, they are kind of disappointed. We don't actually play the music live. Like, and I, edit, I always edit it in post. But you, look, when you go back, listen to it, you'll know it's there. Um, so um, now <laughs> to we kind it. of gave our first synopsis, that kind of uh, hit the music. Like, let's, uh, let's kind of go through the year. Or well, can
0: I interrupt you there for a second? Yeah, go ahead. So you mentioned... Uh, a lot of, a lot of the, the top of the card and a lot of the wrestlers, uh, being elevated in 2021 mm-hmm. and the unfortunate happenings of what happened with Arisa and Hana, uh, very much put a hole at the top of the card and where a promotion is kind of, it's kind of make or break is their ability to really fill those gaps mm-hmm. and <clears throat> especially with the emotional, uh, uh, investment with all those wrestlers. Arisa was, she came back after six years. I think it was six. And yeah, yeah, was six. she had, yeah, she had an amazing uh, comeback year, but she was only in the promotion for one year. Yep. That's such a, just a minute amount of time. And I felt like she was much more replaceable from that sense because it was only a year. Hana, that's a once in a lifetime generation type talent. She's much more <clears throat> tough to replace this. And, and with the emotional impact the roster had, uh, it, it just you can you could make a whole podcast just on the journey of Hana Kimura. So where this promotion went afterwards was vital and how they were able to grow. And you can really point to the five star of that year as their pivot to making essentially the, the entire next generation. You, you wonder why Micah beat Momo on like day one. The, these kinds of moves really set them up for 2021 and you continue to see that throughout the year with Saya Kamatani's elevation, the conclusion of Tam Nakano going after Julia and the wonder title, pivoting that in or not pivot, but uh, uh, streamlining that into the Julia feud uh, with Arisa in a lot of ways. <clears throat> uh, the, the constant upward momentum of a lot of these wrestlers. And I've, I've heard criticisms that there's too many people at the same level, and is that a bad thing? Though I, I, th- I think with how much this company was able to consistently draw over a thousand people at a lot of these shows during a pandemic, no other j- Joshi promotion uh, could say that over the last ten years. And then for this company to draw three thousand people twice, uh, let alone the Sumo Hall show being by themselves, no nostalgia, no big stars of the past, they were the first ones to do this over the last twenty years to draw that kind of crowd. So this this company, what they're doing is clearly working. And can the big question now is, can they continue that momentum into where we're at now in 2022 and with a new champion, with a new wonder champion, uh, with lots of fresh talent coming in and out? Because if there's one thing history teaches us is a promotion really struggles when it's stagnant at the top and you don't see people coming in and out of the company. It's just the same people over and over again. I think the one of the biggest companies that we see that issue with, uh, at least in Japan, is Noah. Noah's had the same people for a decade, and they've been struggling for a decade. And it's just now they're starting to get some sort of momentum behind them. But can they themselves capitalize on that? That remains to be seen. I'm more bullish on stardom going forward than, say, Noah. And then uh, Dragon Gate has... Just to compare a lot of other Puro promotions out there, Dragon Gate has essentially two generations. They have their 20-year-olds that all make us feel old and terrible and then they have uh, the BB Hulks and Yamatos of the world in their 40s where you're going, okay, maybe I can relate to those guys more. (laughs) They're all broken and broken knees.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so I I think the thing for me is uh, as far as keeping the upward uh, momentum from uh, going into 2020, I just think that I think that they have event, they're eventually going to have to go with Starlight Kid. Um obviously we know her day is going to come, but eventually they're going to look around and they're going to see that like uh in their let's say their senior division in, in, in the main event scene of stardom. Uh you're you're 30 uh soon to be 34 Tam. You're uh 20 be 28 next year uh uh Julia, you're Thirty-three next year, uh, Shuri. Your um, that your Mayu who's twenty-nine next year. Eventually, they're gonna look around and say, "Hey, like Mayu, Mayu and Tam, they they kind of said they have like a two-year out here." Um, so you know, doing you know, obviously Utami was made this year. Fine, that's that that they have that forever now, right? Or uh, for the next five years, you know, knock on wood, barring injury anything crazy, like it just, I want to be out of here. Um, Kamatani remains to be seen. I thought she should, I thought her and Micah both showed improved all year long that, like, uh, if called upon, they can do this at a top. They can do this, they can have great matches, um, at top of the card. From, uh, the Cinderella tournament final to, uh, their, their, um, their challenges in- for, the- for, uh, their individual belts throughout the year to the Grand Prix when they were in the first night, the first two nights, both times for Shuri and they went out there and they rocked it. So, um, I think, you know, for me, I think that, uh, Kamatani is a most improved candidate. Um, I know she still has issues with, uh, consistently with her, her with her flying, whatever else, but if you need to just have her go there and, and Russell and Matt Russell and throw strikes and, and throw and all that kind of stuff, she has it. She could do that. she could have, she can create great matches consistently with that. like, Sometimes the flying's off. That's the only thing at this point that I feel like fails her. So, I for that you have you have those two, and then you also have Starlight Kid, who's more over than both of them. Um, it's just they have artificial governor on her because she's tw- you know roughly twenty years old. So
0: um, for me, so I feel just like make you feel disgusted. <laughs> oh, that, that, that twenty years up. twenty years old, better athlete than we'll ever be in our life. <laughs> <laughs> I think
1: that it's a good problem to
0: have, right? As far as like
1: all those people, you know, on similar levels, seem peaking kind of at the same time as well. Because I, I really look at it like it's uh, like it's NBA or something. Like if you're building like uh, a team and you got like a, a bunch of guys in age 25 to like 29 range, maybe 30, like that's the like you maximize that that you get right. you 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 make use of those matchups, and then when it's time to turn it over that's where your Azumis, your Starlight Kid uh, come in, and I think, you know, as long as they're mixing with that top mixing, um, (laughs) with that top group, um, like, those, like, I I always told James, like, the day, like, Starlight Kid and Azumi are fighting for the Red Belt, I'm going to feel like I saw the whole promotion. Like, and it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be just, okay, I'm done here now, but, or, you know, or I'll just be so emotionally invested into it, it's like, those are, like, the last two, but everybody's above them. It's just, like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like the the, the talent and uh, it, you know the way New Japan was also in like the middle of last decade. I always told people to enjoy it, cherish it. You never know what's going to be gone. And I'm starting to feel similarly uh, to this, like especially like when Kumiai just randomly shows up and it's uh you know and she's mixing with the top uh, of the car there. So, um, you know, good problems for the Hat Man.
0: Hat man is not bad in my eyes, (laughs) not in this regard. Yeah, yeah. You 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 really want to have that problem though in your promotions? Like AEW has a has a crap ton of talent. So what? That's a good thing as long as they consistently show you that talent is being booked. They're being booked uh, relatively well. You see people rising up and down the card. Maybe it's not always your favorites. That's you know that's an entirely different discussion. My favorite Uh, is a problem. Right. Yeah, your my, my favorite not being pushed is a is a is a is a problem uh, for fandom. But for business wise, when you start seeing these people, Starlight Kid's being pushed. Twenty twenty one was her was a big year for her. Everyone's everyone uh, there's a lo- there's a lot of stardom fans at least from the the past where they felt it, it was red belt time for her. And like, well, we'll hold the brakes here. <laughs> Let's pump the brakes. We we got we got Starlight Kid with a high speed title. That was story one. She got out of Mayu's shadow. She's going for her. There, there's there's so many stories and elevations of these talent throughout up and down the roster that I as a fan and just really haven't felt that this promotion has failed really anybody at this point. Uh, now, you can, now I'm sure a conversation will come out over departures. We'll, I guess I'll save mm-hmm. that for later. <clears throat> but even then, like I've had similar conversations with people in Dragon Gate. And you can kind of point to any promotion. You know, not everybody can make it, so to say, at the top. Maybe that's okay. Maybe not everyone can be Donovan Mitchell of the Utah Jazz. And maybe you get some Brandon Roy's out there. Just bust his knees and he's out. (laughs) (laughs) Poor
2: Brandon Roy. Yeah, he was so good. He was so freaking good. So, um I guess I guess for me we uh, then talk about COVID now. I don't know what the future of this is. I mean, obviously the the variant or uh, what the, uh, the let's call it the uh, Marianne, Omicron, Omnicron. That's what it's called. The Omicron <laughs> variant is, uh, is wreaked havoc in um, you know towards the end of the year. We were expecting something similar to normalcy um, in Japan, and then no, no, absolutely, there will be no sun shining. There will be no streamers, not in Stardom anyway. In, in in small little dinky dojo shows, it it will be, but not but not uh,
1: <laughs>
2: not not at the Ace Promotion Joshi. So that stinks. But um, yeah, I, I just wonder. Um, obviously, they were able to run Budokan Hall, um, in Sumo Hall in part because of um these these COVID restrictions. But I wonder, I wonder what they would look like. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure you guys have an uh, rough ideas i wonder like what what your top venue uh sh- show will look like without these restrictions right now because I, I i mean three thousand when people thought that they were only gonna get like two thousand um is a big deal um for for suma hall like so I, I wonder i really do wonder what they could do like i mean would, would they top out at oda city at like four thousand four thousand seat arena
0: yeah, th- these are, these are good questions to ask, uh, especially from the business standpoint. Is, is, is perhaps, uh, w- let's look at it this way. Is it considered a failure of this promotion for the next year in 2022 that what we've seen is this, is this their peak at, at 3,000 seat arenas and they can get anywhere from one to 3,000 uh, on occasion and they keep filling up cork and hall at 800? Uh, It would be a disappointing year, but considering that COVID still has these restrictions and there's in in my eyes, there's 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 no path to that kind of going away anytime soon. (laughs) Right. Especially over here. Right. So with that idea, uh, the focus, then I think there should be a little bit growth. There should be still growth going forward, especially with uh, all this new talent being elevated. There is some positive behind 3,000 people in a sumo hall, but who says they have to run those specific arenas? Like it's 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 the conversation I've had with people about AAW. Why aren't they running uh, these high-end 20,000 seat basketball arenas? Why are they running five, six thousand seat places? Well, that's what they're drawing currently. Fill up fill up that arena. And then in time, you're more confident filling up a, a bigger one. That kind of just goes with being doing good business. And if stardom gets to a point where they can't uh, turn profit margins running these large arenas, getting 3,000 people in, then the, the to me, the clear move is just to run a slightly smaller place and fill that sucker up. And if you are confident in your roster and confident in you drawing uh, a bigger business, then, then you take the stab at the Budokan halls and the Sumo halls again in the future.
1: I'm ready for him to go to
2: the dome. <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know if you know this, Rich, but like Kadani has said, like he wants them to run a dome show, like within the next five years, or maybe he yeah, said, said that lasts for the next four years. <laughs> hey.
0: TJPW says some, uh, sends some wacky things too. Hey, if 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 one or both of these companies run the dome and they're able to get you know forty eight thousand people in there, hey, awesome. Pulling for it. I have my doubts. <laughs> like, I mean,
1: I'm calling back.
0: The, I mean,
2: I'm, I'm pretty sure she'll be on the Tokyo Joshi Pro show when they do the dome. Um, <laughs> I, I that should be in the main event. Oh man! <laughs> well, maybe Eto, maybe Mackie Ito will finally win the Prince of Princesses belt. Then maybe, maybe then, like we, we teased yeah, we'll you guys for eight long years, she'll finally win it now.
0: Sure. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I... <laughs> Who she beaten for it?
2: <laughs> It'll probably be me, you again. Um. So yeah, I guess uh, we move on from from the COVID talk, and uh, we more or less, uh, well, we more or less talked about the uh, the venues. So I guess let's get into the the major title changes and shakeups this year. Um. So actually, before we get into that, JD, uh, on your Patreon. Um, you have a a list of your 2021 best wrestlers, um, and you also have it. You have broken down amongst men and women. Uh, let's focus on the women's side now, uh, in particular, given sure. uh, given this show. So, um, what it so. Uh, just, just break it down for us. Like, what goes into uh, your formula for 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 p- spitting out uh, the input for or the output for uh, your declaration of who's the best wrestler in the world or best wrestlers in the world?
0: Yeah, it's it's not that complicated. Um, we we've uh, we kept track of it all year. It's uh, it's between myself and my co-host. We do uh, rankings debates every two weeks. Coincides with the uh, biweekly uh, normal episodes from Red Leaf Retrocast <clears throat> and. The final episode is going to be a Patreon exclusive, Red Cast, Retrocast uh, Patreon. You can check that out. It'll be a full audio breakdown over the top uh, 20 wrestlers of the year, uh, both men and women uh, separated. Separate them just to kind of – it's always fun to have a women focus and a men's focus. Uh, they do generally uh, don't wrestle each other, so <laughs> I separated them accordingly. <laughs> I go to a lot of Beyond shows there. That is the exception to the rule. Uh, but the, the formula and how we do it, it, it's it's very simple. Every two weeks, we put together a top 15 men, top 10 women. There's more men's wrestlers than women's wrestlers out there in the world. More men's promotions that are high level compared to women's. Fair enough, I, would, I think. And we just debate and rank who was the top people over the last two weeks. And you get points, 10 points uh, for the women for this purpose, for stardom. Talk uh, ten points for first place, nine points for second, and so forth and so on. And then you just accumulate the points over the year, each and every time, every two weeks.
2: Okay. Um, And just uh, just out of curiosity, what promotion in the women's division had the most
0: um, um, wrestlers Uh, in the top twenty? Yes, or top ten in general, or top. What do you? In the top twenty, in your, in your top, top twenty 20s, yeah. Ah, it's stardom. <laughs> was it in a landslide? Or was it close? Because I know,
2: I know, you know, uh, Ice Ribbon. They have, a, they have a, or they had a, a very good top six. Um, so you say the same for Tokyo Pro. So I was just wondering, what, what what you uh uh how did that spit how did what what did your votes come back as? Uh, it's it's at
0: least half <laughs> our stardom wrestlers. <laughs> and that's competing with the with the world <laughs> and what we watch interesting yeah interesting okay so
2: um, let's let's get to the let's get to uh, i guess uh, more or less a talk of of, of years so um, we more or less talked about Utami as far as like how great a year was but um, just going through it just match by match you go from the uh, You know the the first Hameka match. Oh, sorry, Hameka. The first Micah match. uh, The B priest. uh, Sorry, uh, the Kamatani match that was seemed like that was a hail mary. um, Like something was supposed to happen, but uh, we're quite not. We're not exactly sure what that was. Um, I don't know it's almost like they were. What's your theory theory behind it? It's almost like they asked for permission for for, to get somebody to wrestle on uh, the show that was also backstage that day, Mm. but then Vince said no or or Hunter said no, or basically WWE said no. So they were like, oh, uh, Kalantani, we're going to make I... you big in 2022 anyway. Come on, come on down Let's, here and, and get so dropped in your I'm head. Not, I'm,
0: yeah, I'm not as confident in that. I think okay. I think the, the yeah, I, I, I if she was going to show up, it was probably going to be in that wacky rumble that they had. I, I see. I saw that too. I, I um, I, you know, I, I just
2: looking at the reporting and obviously, I don't know who, um, is talking to Dave Meltzer from the start of Obviously, a lot of people think it's uh, Fumi um, relay, the conversations that Fumi is having with Rossi. But, um. Yeah. Hatman Hat likes to play. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. From his perspective, it was they asked for permission. They said no. Uh, they still want to Kyrie. They said, we'll put her in the Battle Royal. We'll even let her win, whatever. And the answer was still no. And, you know, the most they could do is you have a video package, uh sorry, a video message with EO, with with Tanahashi at the beginning of the show, but like you can't be on camera. So like I just I just found it I found it all just weird, but anyway, just getting back to uh Utami <laughs> had the match that, you know, kinda put in my opinion it put um it kinda put focus on what was possible for Saya uh at the beginning of the year because she was someone that while she was having very good she's having good matches, even very good matches time the time, she was still inconsistent, and she really needed that match to kind of show, to like, to try to show and improve, especially in a spot like that, because if she goes out there and lays an egg, we're kind of like, we're looking at each other like, oh, this was a huge mistake, and we don't know when next time we can trust her.
0: Yeah, um, there was a lot of questions throughout the roster this year when they were put in prime positions. You can point to January as kind of being that first sign that a lot of their goals of 2021 were putting these young wrestlers in – higher end spots. And it was kind of a sink or swim. And I really like that in the roster. Uh, I, I, I wish more Joshi companies would, would have the confidence in that. <clears throat> so we saw it with Utami getting Micah first. I, I myself thought Utami was going to get more uh, veteran pres- presences <laughs> to, to get her into first few defenses. If they really wanted to establish her as a champion, but the uh got balls. Cause he goes, Hey, Micah, your first cork and hall, let's do it. And then Budokan, it's Sai Kamatani. Uh, and Cinderella Finals, Saya and Micah, You see a pattern here. They they were kind of primed to, for the for the get go all year, and they had confidence in their young roster to really uh, deliver at the top. And hey, if it doesn't work out, that's one match. Let's try again with somebody else and see if they can. Uh, maybe maybe if they're maybe they're ready sooner. A situation.
1: I thought that was like a, a real important match. Like I, I've become a really big fan of uh, Sia Kamitani's over the year, and it kind of started with that match. And I think. um they were in a situation where they had several other big matches and Tommy, it was almost like a, uh, like, all right, Tommy, go out there. And, you know, you, you can, what, like, we're not depending on you tonight. So we'll just, you go have an exhibition essentially. And, you know, while we have Tam and Julia, uh, we have Yoshiko coming back to fight. My, we have, um, what, what was the, what was the semi, um, uh,
2: the semi oh, was uh, was the was the red belt, but like you also oh, had like man. Nanai coming back versus Momo. You had Jir, uh, you Nanai had Shuri and, and Konami.
1: Like there was a lot. It was stacked. It was at a point where you could like take a chance on somebody. Essentially, it's like uh, you remember when NXT would be like, "All right, uh, we'll just throw somebody in there while we got you know Gargano and Chapa going on. Like, and you know someone else has the belt, and we'll you know, whatever time bring your ass out here, like, like something like that." <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, it, I, I was very impressed with my side that day that showed me that she would take the the, the whoopings, and I've liked her ever since.
0: Yeah, that card, that that Budokan card, and the position of a lot of these wrestlers uh, was also a, a good indication of how they were going to go about booking for the rest of the year. Uh, they could have easily just put Nanai against Mayu in the semi-main. Or even the main event. A lot of these other Joshi promotions, uh, most of them, anyways, uh, they really rely on nostalgia at, or star stars. I'll put that loosely at this point. Stars of the past.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look, as much as it hurts people, Aja Kong isn't drawing five thousand people anymore. <laughs> hurts, my, hurts my heart. It's it's the truth. I mean, you you watch her in that AEW tournament, and it was it's, it's a hard watch at times these days. And to really position your roster to always be above above people like that uh, is confidence in your in your wrestlers, confidence in your booking, and confidence in the future. Yeah. It also helps that like there
2: was no way in hell that Aja Kong was going to show up to that show any damn way, even if they. Well, no, ask. that's yeah, <laughs> that <also helps. laughs> not her,
0: but like, yeah, like yeah. hello,
2: this is who, click. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can not believe
2: Rocky called me? Out the audacity! <laughs> we went to court. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, it, it was a it was a really big moment for for her, and like it was also a big moment for her time because that was the first time I ever felt like, not to say that she couldn't, but it was the first time she ever had to show that like she could carry somebody in a way. Um, and you know, um, me watching, I I, I thought it was a great match. I didn't like it as much as other people did because I I kind of felt that like. This is all. This all is setting up for the for that for that one spot where it's like the hurt or the uh, the BT bomb is getting turned into a hurricane for a near fall and everybody that watched that match that loves that match of death like that was one near fall of the year for a lot of them. For me, I was like, that's what this match completely <laughs> hinges upon. So like, I, I knew the magic trick was coming. Um, but other uh, but outside of that, it was still a great match. Um, and and then from there, you get the uh, the match with B Precy that was set up where B is like you know she she beat momo earlier in the year um she's beating every other member of um queen's quest uh to get to april and then they, you know um they even went to the draw with Kamatani and b when um you know they spent the first two months of the year not beating Kamatani, which is smart compared uh, in my opinion especially compared to how they end up with uh Kamatani end of the year but um they had that match and um i thought that match was great and next thing you know like b's retiring and i'm i'm like damn like she left and like you know i'm like One Nation Radio is like the, the, the I guess almost in minority of like we are a pro B Priestley and startup camp. Like there are a lot of people that don't like her, but I like her. I enjoy her matches. She's really fun in tags. She has good chemistry with most of the wrestlers. So great personality. Yeah, yeah. Don't let, don't everybody, yeah, suck. everybody yeah, sucks. Everybody sucks. Entertaining. Yeah. So um, and and that was a great match. And then they had to the send off, and they kind of do you know the the, the triple hug between. Um, her favorite wrestler, you know her, you know the Queens Quest originals, and and her, and they send her off, you know, almost like almost like they <laughs> off a member of the clique. Well, <laughs> <So,
0: laughs> it so. really felt that way, except she wasn't going to WCW.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. She, well, well,
1: she kind of did go to WCW. She's well, <laughs> she she she's going to witness protection, What? <laughs> Like, by the she way, for a fake promotion. Yeah.
2: By the way, her Mako and her have their title match. Uh, I think this week coming. Oh uh, wow. Yeah, I only know this because I saw it on Twitter. Uh, that like it announced. Like, okay, I guess I'll tune in. Like, and every time something happens on NXT UK, I'm like, I guess I'll tune in. And I always forget to tune in. Yeah. 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 Like I'll, I'll, I'll see the shit get like overrated by like half a by half a star on on cage match, and then I'll like want to watch it and be like, oh, okay, it was great, but it's overrated. That, that's kind of where I am on NXT UK. Like, unless it has Walter and, and off next, uh, versus in the name, like, I, I'm not tuning in to watch it. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyway, um, so go from there. Uh, you get the, uh, the setup of kind of starting up this, this shuri in this, uh, in, in Tommy thing. And, like, they're going at it in tag matches. They, um, they're getting paired together a lot. Uh, obviously they, their first encounter was more or less their the Grand Prix match that went to a draw last year in the final night. Um, they're having these great matches and they, they seem to have off-the-charts chemistry. Um, and then they end up in the the first or second round of the Cinderella tournament and Shuri throws her out. And then you're just like, well, you look at Shuri, she's been like, she's like the most protected woman in the entire promotion. They're going to have to come see each other eventually. And that sets up the the January 6th match and they just went nuts and that's one of the best matches of the year bar none. Um, and you know, at the time, I didn't want to give five stars because like I felt like they felt like they fucked me without giving me a draw. Like I was like, come on man, just get, just, just give me a finish, please. You. Yeah, I, I felt like I was stolen from. Uh, what were your th- what were your thoughts on the beginning of the Shiri and Utami stuff?
0: Yeah, I really, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's kind of stardom booking 101 and how they build up somebody for a feud. They just meet each other tags, maybe some draws along the way, maybe not. Uh, they just they show some fire after matches, and then they have their match and see, see what they deliver. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with All Japan Women in the 80s, <laughs> how familiar you are with those matches, but if you want to see a match that's very much along those lines of that one, it's uh, Devil Masami against Chigusa Nagayo. Oh, God. Where there's a knockout finish in the late '80s, very much like that. <laughs> Meltzer also gave that a very high score, so keep keep that in mind if you if you watch that one directly compared to Shuri Tommy from June of this year. Uh, I absolutely adored the draw, and then when they did the restart to play on the story further, and they did the double knockout. I just went, you know what? We're good here. <laughs> let's let's run this back later. I love it.
2: Yeah, I was I was devastated because like at that point in time, like me, me and Rich's favorite wrestler at this point in, in stardom is Shuri. And for me, like the year, the year that she's had this year, like she has climbed into the, like my, and Tam are my two favorite wrestlers in stardom. She is now my, like, you know, that's one A and one B. Shuri is number two for me now at this point, given the year she's had. <laughs> um, and even, even before then, like I, I just really enjoyed her. And then, you know, the first half of the year, and then by the time we get to that point and, um the whole story of her you know she wants to win the belt for her, in dedication to her mother who passed you know during the grand prix last year and then like by the end at the double knockdown and she's like hunched over and like hugged in fetal position like against the bottom uh turnbuckle. i was just like oh my god like i, I feel so gutted for this woman uh <laughs> so yeah like from that point on i was like she has to win she has to find a way to get to this belt and Luckily, with, with 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 stardom, they seem to have to do this thing where like they they want to push somebody to a position, they get them there, they and they do the work to make you emotionally invest in them getting there and reaching that reaching that summit, and then they eventually do do that. It's not like you know um, other promotions, if you will, where like they build a title chase forever, and then like they have to be dragged kicking and screaming because they ultimately did it on accident. So. <laughs> um, I, 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 just love the two title chases of, uh, of Tam and, uh, Shuri over the last uh, couple of years. So, um, fr- so from there, you know, she ends up having to, you know, the match that's bittersweet because like, that was the, that looked like that was going to be like a gigantic landmark match for Nasiko. Uh, and then she ends up tearing her, her ACL like some like eight, 10 minutes in or something like that. And it's like, this is the, like the, the, the most interesting she, I've ever been in her ever. And then she tears her ACL she's gone for the year. But, like, while she's gone for the year, it ends up working out for the best for edal tie.
1: I just wanted to mention with Shuri and Tommy, mm-hmm. uh, that match was, like, a gateway, I think, to your average, like, wrestling fan that, like, didn't have their uh, their eye on stardom where yeah. once you see, you know, Big Dave, you know, slap the the 5.5 they did on it, uh, people are going to come sniffing around and say, hey, y'all got any more of that?
0: Yeah. yeah, it's absolutely true. You saw you saw in numerous articles, even in Japan, you, you saw even uh, Shuri and Utami getting praised by Western media. Uh, it was all that at that point. That was a big catalyst for stardom in uh, uh, international business and awareness. You see, now you see consistently uh, uh, it's died down a little bit. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> shame on these. Shame on the wrestling media. <laughs> because they should absolutely be consi- consistently covering stardom as a major promotion out there. I was gonna say they
1: forced their way in, into into something like the PWI Women's Five Hundred, yep. which I don't think they would have been there like a year ago, like, maybe two years ago. Well, okay, so it would it would be often when you
2: look at the the Women's PWI One Hundred and Fifty that uh, you would see like whoever was having like the the, the red the top run. They were put in the top 10 and then, like, they ignore mostly everything else. Like, for example, um, like, I don't know what, I don't know where Orissa was 2019, but she wasn't in the top 10. Mayu was in the top 10, but that, like, that also includes her being in mass Square Garden.
1: Mm-hmm, right.
2: You know? Um, and then last year, Mayu was top 10 again because, like, she had the H-Run. And then, like, someone she, in, I think Julie also got in the top 10, maybe? No, nah, she oh. was up there, though. Yeah, but she, yeah, she was way up there. But, they're, like, uh, Like, I don't even think Tam was even, even made the list last year, which is like, that sounds absurd. Like you're feuding feuding all year with someone that's like, that's on, you're feuding (laughs) neck and neck with someone that's like in the top 15 all year. You're in the, you're in the B you're in the A side or B side of the thing. And then Lawson's like, oh, you're not even in the top 50. What the fuck? Huh? That makes no sense. Uh. So yeah, like uh but this year after that, like you see it and you see uh, you know, the top three of the year for stardom. Like they're all in the top ten, and then you see like uh for tag team wrestling, like they have Cosmic Angels as one as a top tag team in um on the PWI tag list and um Shuri and, and Utami and I think Oz even made it too, is like this year was a for a lot of people, um, that cover wrestling hardcore, it made them look outside of just New Japan. And say like, there's another promotion that needs like its
0: its credit and shine because look at the numbers they're doing, look at the matches they're having. Yeah, you even see see it on uh, numerous apps like Grapple, Cage Match. Yep. Uh, the amount of people that have started watching Stardom since June uh, has increased. I, I I'll just put an arbitrary number on it tenfold. <laughs> it's it's all there in in the numbers. You can see it. Yeah, uh, even rivaling that of I mean, it's getting more than Noah and Dragon Gate. Uh, just to kind of put put Mm -hmm. two other big promotions out there.
2: It sure has. I've been noticing that all year on
0: cage match. Um, (laughs) And,
2: and like, it's also, to talk about it from a Western uh, thing is cool, but another thing to talk about it from the uh, domestic side to where, like, for the Grand Prix top best bout, uh, like, voting, like, it got votes. So did Julia and Tam. Like, those are the first two women's matches to ever get, uh, in modern times anyway, at least to get best uh, bout votes for, for, for uh, Tokyo sports. So I thought, you know, I thought that this was a big, it was a bit of a breakthrough. Uh, we'll see the, obviously we're going to see what the follow through is, but like they're, they're on the, let's say they're on the doorstep if you will.
0: I, that's kind of how I feel. Um, yeah, there's a lot of mentalities changing across, uh, not just internationally, but also in their own country over how women's wrestling is now viewed upon because it's it's got a dark history to it, <clears throat> it's got a sad history to it at times, and when you see something so, something that you you notice as a very political award in Tokyo Sports, mm-hmm. and it, ha, and it ha, you know it has its skeletons in the closet when the number two promotion in Japan Dragon Gate is like they do everything they can to not vote for them and things, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then you get you see something like oh Stardom got two matches in match of the year bout. okay. Maybe these old men in the room and uh, are starting to are, are starting to have it, ha, have their minds and mentality changed in, in in an aspect of positivity, which is awesome to see.
2: Boucher money is long. That also helps too.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> little 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 side little side and oh, envelope. Yeah, the yeah, you, sure, a little envelope over there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, so- Muda, how much you got? How much you got, <laughs> Hatman? Okay, I'll
2: take yours. (laughs) Moonvol's got a lot. I saw that best bout thing. I was like, "Ain't no fucking way, boy! Boy, ain't no fucking way." (laughs) Uh, So, uh, um, so to go from to go from uh that match to uh, talking to Nasco, um, it's one of those things where it's like, it sucks that this person got injured, but I'm also not mad that I'm not watching them either. Uh, I don't know, I don't know what your what your feelings are on Nasco, but that kind of is
0: like. I don't want to watch your matches. I mean, I've I've made no bones about my kind of very much dislike for Natsuko Toro as a wrestler and a character, <clears throat> especially the Uedo Tai version. Uh, it was anti-draw-esque. Just would, it was an auto-skip. Just would never watch him. I got tired of him. The interference. It was evil-esque at times. Yeah. Uh, and when that match, I mean, I had a visceral reaction to that match even be announced after Shuri Utami. was like, Same this is how here. this company... Is how this company is is choosing to <laughs> come off of one of their biggest matches in in uh, ever, arguably, and they are putting her in the main event. Hatman got balls. <laughs> I'll say it. I don't like it. And then she got injured. And ironically enough, is it ironic? Could be. Yeah, the, the company has been even better ever since the injury. Unfor- uh, unfortunately on Nazca Tora's part, but for my fandom, it's even better. Uh Widow got a big facelift. Starlight yep. like, Kid took over. Yep. She she had the heel turn. Now we got Momo at the end of the year going. I mean, I don't miss yeah. her.
1: <laughs> all of a sudden, you're number four in your
0: unit. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like, all right,
2: like I don't think this person is doing this without like instruction, obviously, right? Because obviously, you know, with the face paint, whatever else, she is trying to do like the dump masamoto thing from the eighties or whatever else and uh our friend Zach from um, that that watched Starman as well mentioned this because he's, he's obviously knows he's watched more uh, retro all Japan women's than I have and I was like I'm unfamiliar with the Dump moto thing but now that I know more about it it's kind of like yeah like I see why they why they did that but at the same time like I ain't trying to watch that shit now like I I mean I saw um you know after uh after the the after Budokan Hall. And seeing like the 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 talk about hair versus hair matches, and I and in my mind, I know the um, I know of the two or the, or the you know the from two that two years ago the Nanai and Arisa um hair versus hair match ceiling. I know of the Manami Toyota in um, and um Toshi Yamada match um from I think that's ninety two. But like the way that it was referenced the um. The Jacusa Nagayo duck Matsumoto hair match, I, you know, in the, the heat the crowd had, and I'm watching and I was like, alright, well let me pull up and watch it. I'm just watching. I'm just like, oh, now I see where like Nazco gets like the shitty match thing from. Like, this sucks. <laughs> it has it has in it, it has unreal heat in the building. It stinks on it stinks on ice. It sucks with no hands. I don't want to watch this. Um so with her gone, it's like maybe now you know, Rossi, um, NASCAR didn't come to some some type of like reevaluation of what this was compared to what it was without her, with Starlight Kid at the forefront of it, with like Konami like kind of like you know on a on a way out run type of thing, with Momo replacing her seemingly, and like with Oedo Tai like giving a fuck, like. <laughs> it, it made the year better. Like once all all those you know implementations or deployment, like that changed. Like that whole thing of like we're gonna go go eight minutes, we're gonna have a bad match, we're gonna get nothing but heat, and then after going eight minutes, we're gonna go throw over the rope. We're gonna go throw an opponent over the rope and choke him with a chain before is Like okay, we <laughs> we didn't have that this year. We didn't have that the second half of this year, and this was a a blast to watch. Um, and also makes me worry like do we really need to see Nasco in the Grand Prix next year, given, like, you're, they're going to have more than 20 people that are going to be good enough to be in it, and all she does is get DQ, so what's we'll the fucking point of having her in it? Um So that's food for thought. But, yeah, so, uh you know, then we go to the, uh, we get into the uh, Grand Prix season with, with Tommy, and she has the matches, lay layout to set up for, and the draws in particular to set up her future opponents. Takumi first. I, you know, I thought that, I think that the Takumi and um, Utami match as a rewatch is a better match than uh, Tam and Mayu. However, it felt like Air was left out the building after Tam and Mayu had their match. It felt like the crowd was not as hot for the Tam uh, for the main event as it was for the white belt match, Um and I thought that the fact that they kept going and they just kept throwing bombs to the to the crowd, they finally got the crowd to 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 care about it by the end like i thought it, i thought it was a success um i love takumi she's one of my she i mean outside of Nai, she's probably my second favorite uh joshua is not in stardom um i i i can't speak highly up highly enough of her outside of saying like i wish that at some point she like they get through the politics and make her a red belt transition champion. or that too that too <laughs> either home. one I, I love takumi I, I really do she's awesome
0: Well, all right, uh, Takumi Roha. Yeah, uh, I find her booking obnoxious. I don't like her in start unless she's signed to stardom. I kind of don't want to see her. <laughs> it's I- I'm, pro- I'm probably on the. Uh, I- I'm very much on the negative side of her. Is it because uh, it's predictable? Well, it's not just predictable. Uh, it's it's just wherever she goes, uh, the limitations follow. It's it's she's got Chagusa in her pocket. She's 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 learned her ways. She knows her ways and. It always comes with the same thing every single promotion. And elaborate for uh, me
2: because I'm unaware. Uh, outside of her <clears throat> ceiling run in 2019, uh, where she uh, between anai and um, Arissa, I, I don't really know what you mean.
0: Yeah, she comes into a promotion, usually wins the top title, and then loses it right back. Uh, she goes to countless 20-30 minute draws over and over and over again, and it's and Stardom was no exception. She came in, uh, she beat Mayu, then came back, lost. She comes in, has a draw with Utami, comes back, loss, loses. It's it's the it's the same step scenario with a lot of these wrestlers that go across promotions uh, in the Joshi scene. It's just it's protection booking. I find it obnoxious.
2: Mm. I mean, you look at what's going to happen on January eighth, and you kind of
0: I get you, I get you, yeah. Uh, it's it's not just uh, the Joshi scene. You you do find you do find it uh, in a lot of places, and I really feel that these marvelous wrestlers would be better suited. Uh, we we saw him have a, have a good match with the trios uh, at, from Ladder Match Day, mm-hmm. <laughs> and if these marvelous wrestlers would just I don't know get the shoot money from the briefcase and get signed by Starm, that, I just feel like that'd be better suited and they get paid more
1: <laughs> instead of the work money.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so uh
2: yeah so rich you want to have any thoughts on the kumi um on I, the Takumi uh utami uh Joe hall match yeah man um
1: they like you said threw a lot of bombs at each other i look at them as both like heavyweight style wrestlers uh-huh. like with takumi being you know the kick artist and uh so tough and you know, fighting back from her uh, ACL injury, I was you know between that and then looking at the Grand Prix, I was looking to see if Kumi Kumihara was there. Uh, she has she's one of my favorites as well, and of course she was there because <laughs> she's fucking Kumihara. But um, I yeah I I never really thought about uh, like what JD said as far as like the the politics that come with her. Um, she, she did do a lot of, I, I, I feel like she kind of out wrestles some of those concerns sometimes where, you know, even if it's a draw sure. um, like, especially the one with Shuri, like that's mm-hmm. definitely a list, like when we get, uh, to our favorite match thing Same. where like, I was just like coming off my chair, just like not in bel- belief of what was happening. And I'll, I, I understand like the politics, if I can do that. Like, for me, like, if she was coming in here, staking it up three and a quarter, you know, like... staking it up at three and a quarter. You know, <laughs> you know just... Sanders' <laughs> highest
2: stardom. Yeah, yeah. High
1: stardom. yeah, you know, coming in here staking it up, and, and going to draws, and uh, losing by count out, and like, you can't really... Well, she was. Through she through lost her. the you count with Kalatani! Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Uh, but like, that, match was, it, that match was great though. That match yeah, was great. Like but like giving you nothing I, get like, you. I, would, yeah. I would get it. But like I don't know. Like I feel like you gotta accommodate the greats. Like yeah, she's a great. I think she I think she's upper good.
2: <laughs> there's I mean, there's a lot of talent out there. For me per for my personal taste, she she's super duper high up there, like as far as like if I need we, somebody to go, if I need somebody at the Joshi scene to go out here, and reach back, and get me five. She's one of the people I'm going to put on my list to go get me five if I need, if I needed it for my uh, life we, anyway.
1: We have the social suplex draft every year. Um, what do, what do we do in March? Uh,
2: normally in March, like around WrestleMania season.
1: Okay, and like we draft Kumiroha every year. Like, and, and she's not even a threat to be drafted by anybody right. else. We just
0: do it. Just, just, <laughs> yeah, that's why we always saying One Nation Rita's own, Tsukumi Roha. Okay, yeah. I'm probably like one of the only people that kind of don't find her all that great. I get it. I do, I do, I do like a lot of her matches, just comes with a lot of baggage that I'm not a fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, and her style also doesn't quite reach that peak with me. Uh, mm. she's very, she's very Naito t shirt repetitive. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs>
1: we have ripped a lot on Tista United. yes we have the years
0: yeah that's my that's 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 my viewpoint over uh, Takumi Roha very good wrestler, don't get me wrong i st- i just have my opinions on her,
2: yeah like I mean I'm not as yeah, I get what you because, like a lot of her matches have a lot of the same thing like if she she's a bomb throwing specialist and like for me like go ahead uh so yeah i i I get that uh so uh, then from there we end up getting a the, the, you know, bit of the curveball where like Hazuki wins the first match back after being away from the company for almost two years, and then like she just says, "Hey, <laughs> get let, into
1: me, it. Let, let me get
2: it. <laughs> let me get one of those one of those uh, red belt matches you got there. Let me get one of them." <laughs> and you know that's another moment of showing improvement with, with Utami. Like Hazuki, you know she came back with uh, with Kaguma and she was great, but we didn't, I, I had no idea that she, she can like, kind of knock off the rust, and in a month more or less, like, say, or since being back to say, like, yeah, I'm gonna have one of the best matches of my career, um, singles matches of my career, like, in the biggest venue I've ever, you know, worked in, fr- worked in front of, in like, well, aside from Square Garden, um, and, like, I, 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 I love that match, like, I, I, it didn't make my top ten, but it was something in my mind of, like, given this year, where it's, like, if it won for this particular year stardom, this was last year, if this was two years ago, this match definitely cracks my top 10 favorite matches of the year. This, match, this year was super loaded. Um, and, you know, it was really good to see, it was like, uh, it was really good to see Huzuki in the element and kind of see, like, she's going toe to toe with, like, at this point, the way that she was she was being carried in the match she was having, like, a best in the world contender, and she's going toe for toe, blow for blow for her, and, like, she just couldn't capitalize and up going away. And, you know, they, the way they've uh, kind of protected Hazuki with uh, not getting pinned often uh, for the rest of the year makes me think, like, her complete outlook is different from where it was when at the end of her run in start- Or So, like, I I thought that, you know, and then we'll get to, and then we get to, you know, the main event from the other day. But, like, uh, I, I, I just thought that I loved the Hazuki match. That's, that's the way I wanted to say it because, like, I, I really missed her for two years. I really did.
0: Yeah, it's good to see Hazuki back. Uh, one of my big questions when she first came back is where is Hatman going to slaughter? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: And where is Hazuki's style going to fit into the current stardom landscape cuz these this generation of wrestlers that are coming in uh, don't have that 2017 style to them anymore. They 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 wrestle they wrestle like the dudes these days. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good thing. You got you got to evolve your style. You know, you got to have your Kamatanis uh uh, call back to Chaprita Ashari from from the early nineties. You got to have your micas throwing more bombs like Kyoko went away. <clears throat> it, it's it's ver- she's obviously not as uh, mobile as she was as Kyoko was in the early nineties, but you get the idea. Yeah. So uh, Hazuki coming in immediately getting an established top end title shot at a pay per view at a big show, drawing more than Takumi Roha, I believe. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> no, Takumi was at Osaka Joe, wasn't she? So that's that's definitely false. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Takumi Roha's biggest drawing crowd ever. But anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll, throw, I'll, st- I'll stop with the, with the funny Roha jabs. But Hazuki really uh, brought a lot of confidence into me, what she can do for this promotion. Uh, be established at the top of the card, has uh, a big future ahead of her as long as she sticks with it this time around. Uh, third time's the charm, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, in, in the world of Joshi never stops, just like MLW. <laughs> but I'm a little bit more confident in Stardom's, stardom's way of life rather than uh, good old core power. But, I was say,
1: yeah. I the, the, the cleverly worded press releases uh, from, from Rossi that he can uh, catch up with core power. <laughs> yeah,
0: there's, there's different feeding of the media from old hat man. So, Hazuki, <laughs> good to have her back. Uh, immediately won Tag League after that further establishes what they got they got some sort of plan with her in 2022 whether it's a main event or not remains to be seen Uh, i think uh, a good old tag run is probably in her future and there's nothing wrong with that see what else she can bring yeah um and then i mean at this point that you get to the match from the other day uh
2: (laughs) you forgetting about micah Oh, that's Micah right. Starr? That's right. Oh. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not I letting for- that fly. <laughs> I, I no, because I had forgotten that there were three. There were four paper views in the last two months. I'm sorry, I forgot one of them. I'm sorry, <laughs> it happens. It happens. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Tokyo. The Tokyo Super Wars. Her and Micah in the rematch of. Uh, I mean, one of the money rematches, but like the rematch of their match from the anniversary show uh, earlier this year. And I thought that this was their best match together they ever had. And I'm someone that really. Thinks, okay. I, I thought this. I'm someone that speak thinks highly of their matchups. Like I loved. Um, I love their uh the, the 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 J or sorry the Just Tap Out match. I love their um their draw in the Cinderella tournament last year. Um, I love their their Grand Prix match last year. I loved I I the the match that I liked the least out of all of them was their um their um anniversary show match this year. And then I and then this match happened and they're just. They, they, they tell the story of Micah just like beaten up and battered and she's just a, she's just a gamer and she's just like have a, you know, basically have her whole entire, I think her right arm just taped up like, like a, like an Iverson shooting sleeve. She just goes out there and throws lariats <laughs> in, in, um, in suplexes pick people and superplexes people and to have her basically like empty the gun against Utami, and, uh, at the end and then like ultimately like she basically gave everything she had and it wasn't enough to, 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 beat utami because utami's on that level i thought it was an interesting story for now and like i'm interested to see like how does micah catch up to utami in the next two years because it's going to happen it's going to be fun
0: micah i micah is one of the top 10 wrestlers of the year uh, for women she's been uh consistently uh booked at the top uh for someone who didn't win a major singles title uh, this year in the respect of promotion, mm-hmm. there's very few that have reached, been able to reach that level and put on top end matches and this young and newer career can't be stated enough. It's, it's a, it's an incredible run to watch her. She's got two rivalries going from her generation between, uh, Utami and Saekamitani. And I'm sure, I'm sure that's not going to stop in 2022. Yeah. I, what I'm curious for what's next for Micah is—is is she going to keep trying to go for these titles and tell like a BB Hulk story uh, via Dragon Gate? Because my conspiracy theory, if you want to, if you want to hear one, is Milano Collection at for Mister Dragon Gate over here training these wrestlers. I think he's in Hatman's ear via <laughs> via Dick Togo style. Oh God! <laughs> at least his at least his ideas are better than
2: uh, Dick Togo. So.
0: Well, um, well, yeah, he's instead of Michinoku pro nonsense coming into New Japan, it's it's R.E.D. and Dragon Gate stories coming into stardom. I, I prefer the latter. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. But yeah. My, I'm wondering if they're going to continue building off this uh, this this rivalry story with Micah. Is she going to tell a B.B. Hulk story, like I said, where it takes like nine <laughs> times for her to to win a title. I mean, it's not unheard of in Puro Wrestling. Uh I've seen some worries that maybe she'll get she'll get into that Goto, Jungle Kiona area. I think mm-hmm. that remains to be seen. It always depends on the person and how they're booked and how strong they're looked and they look at defeat. But who knows? There could be a second way they're going about it in twenty twenty two with Micah where she goes for a tag title run, maybe tries for a white belt, maybe there's maybe there's some other grand plan with her. I'm very excited what twenty twenty two has for Micah.
1: Rich? yeah um i've always liked micah's like physicality and uh i think her her presentation like way she comes she'll come out wearing some of the most expensive shit you've ever seen <laughs> uh, that <laughs> always impressed me and um, I, she's no nonsense and uh i, I like that match as well that was like t- the judoka's facing off if i have that correct yeah um both of them you know, on the bigger side at 5'4 and 5'6. You know? Giants.
0: Let me tell you. Giants throwing Awesome.
1: Oh, Yoshi. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, like, then, How uh,
0: awesome would it be to see Britt Baker get thrown in there and she just takes a lariat right to the throat? Oh, my God. God. Meet Micah style. Those two in. Look. I like Britt. Look, I don't think Britt
1: would be afraid of the contact. She I'll would give her that.
2: She would not. However, there's just two different levels of wrestling going on. It just is. <laughs> like I'm not and I'm not. I'm not necessarily interested to see like uh, that that mesh point. I, I, I kind of.
0: I I think we're good. I think we could keep her in the states for now. In rather, you know, you'd rather see Nagi take out a sword and maybe chop a head off or two. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean that. Well, if, speaking of speaking of Un- Unagi and her sword, like I mean that's more like Brit style for a match, so she can blade and bleed. So you know, <laughs> go out here and you know high spot. Oh, she got hit with a oh she got hit with a katana. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> New T shirt.
1: Get your merch. So I got about two two Brit shirts. Uh, you got two of them. I got two of them. I got one gifted to me.
2: Okay. What, does she
1: have one blood shirt or two? She has two, two shirts
2: now. So one from the Hashima from the Sheeta match in Georgia, and then the one from the Thunder Rosa match. Right. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Um. So so yeah, and then we end up getting uh you know the the, the thing that I think is really interesting for uh Tam and both U-Ton, but We'll talk about Utami first. Is like you get this uh faction. You get Momo trained to faction going to Queen's Quest and like. That immediately sends, um, Utami in Queen's Quest into, you know, what do you call it, uh, side quest mode, where it's like, she doesn't have the title anymore, but she has something hot for her to go into immediately, without question, and like, that's what big thing, like, when you have a long-term champion, take the belt off of them, what are you gonna do to keep them interesting? and I just feel like they're just now waiting to get the belt back, a la Okada, a la, um, any WWE champion ever, seemingly. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I'm, and then we end up getting to um, the rematch of all rematches, the 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 uh, the low time limit match uh, a few days ago, and I thought like, it's the first it's the first match that I've ever given starting like just like initially off the rip five stars. Like I got, I was you know I came back around on the uh, on the finish to um, the first Shuri in. Uh, Utami match from June, where it's just like, look, I, you can be, you can be upset with the finish all you want to. However, have you watched a better 13 minutes in wrestling? When was the last time you watched 13 minutes of wrestling that, uh, the last 13 minutes of that match, like, that were better? And like, my answer was like, not really many. Not really many, so like I have to I just had to go back and just go ahead and just do it. But like after this match I was totally satisfied and I thought that the finish was awesome and I thought it was a great story and culmination to that with Shuri and everything and I thought that like Utami was a hell of a champion and quite frankly, like maybe at worst second best champion in in, in the in the world this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Judy. Oh yeah. So uh when it came to Utami Shuri, they had vast expectations going to that final match of the year. And I made the joke uh, after watching it. All you guys making your matches of the year list before stardom's dream queendom. You kidding me? Make it in the new year because that was a match of the year contender. It had the story. It had the build, had the anticipation, which is incredibly important in wrestling. We're trying to deliver. There's a reason why Omega page was the way it was. It's the anticipation and build to it. And there aren't that many women's wrestling matches that get this sort of buzz and anticipation. Uh, it's, <laughs> how long? It's, it's been a long, long time. And to me, this delivered on a number of ends. And with those high expectations, that was a tough ask uh, of anybody, of, of any wrestler of any gender. Uh, so I was I was extremely satisfied coming out of that show and how this is how stardom ends 2021, and it just gets you super hyped and anticipated for the next year.
1: It felt like Sherry won the title. Felt different than I think any champion that I've watched be the Red Belt champion since I started watching. Um, like for example, like you know, B just had it, you know, and like, oh, okay, she's cool. She she did her thing. Match. That's an excellent point. Yeah. Fine enough. Whatever. Uh, but. From there, like, Mayu was like, okay, yeah, you know, Mayu, Itani, of course, like, she, she's great. And all like that. like, this, it, this is something that's expected of her, you know. Um, who else was a Red Bell champ? And then, you know, went to Utami and it was like, okay, they're trying something kind of different here. Like, I didn't feel like there was, like, this huge demand for Utami. And Itami was, you know, kind of had of schedule in a way. But Shuri, it felt like she was really, like, scaling a mountain. In um, Utami and Shuri, as James mentioned, became like pretty much my favorite wrestler and Stardom over the last couple of years. You know, from looking at her and Momo and salivating at them kicking each other and uh, stuff like that. To you know, obviously they they get all the buzz from that first match, and the, I feel like the second half of the year is like a countdown clock. It's like, man, I can't wait till you know uh, the the very end of the year show, we know that's where it's going. Like uh, especially after the the Grand Prix. And they had another fantastic match. And it, it was – I said a lot of great things about it with Tommy on the last One Asian radio we recorded before the recording of this show, uh, which you guys are hearing, uh, where it was like – I don't – like, like when I – you brought up Hangman Page a couple minutes ago, and one thing I've done is looked at, you know – if Hangman can have the year that Utami had this year, in like in a comparable way, like you kill for that, like for any young wrestler, first-time champion to to do what Utami did, and then Shuri is like just this person. who was like wow, it was like th- this bonus essentially to to her greatness. And I think the next person that I, I think the red belt is altered now from Utami and Shuri. It's on like. You gotta, you know how the IWGB title kind of felt at a certain point, where it's like, damn, like only the best gonna to touch that, and I think the belts forever changed at this point.
0: That's a, that's an incredible uh, thought you just had, and I now that you say it out loud, it seems seems obvious because I think a lot of us fans, when Sherry won that belt, it it definitely hit different. It, it hit it, what it reminded me of it was how Tam won the white belt earlier in the year. Thing, thing, the the red belt just has uh, at least in my time of watching, it's never felt that way on title changes. Everything always has like questions or just the of course about it all. Yeah, almost uh, like, like
2: predetermined or like forced in a way. Like the B title run, like I like B, but like at that point in time, she she it, it seemed like it was for, it was for some type of particular like. I don't know if it was a Western expansion game or an idea or whatever else where they put it on B. And then when it's on Mayu, it's like, well, yeah, look at the Mayu, look at the year Mayu's had, especially you know with Madison Guard and everything else. And, um, and well, this
0: it always that- it always I I I I I kind of always had a, 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 a I guess a definition for for a lot of these reigns in stardom and Joshi in general is uh-huh. is these these people are getting to be the main event, and this is what you're relying on them. Mm. It's it's. You know, B Priestley, it's now her time to shine. Let's see if we can make her a main eventer. Uh, even Kagetsu, believe it or not. Right, 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 right. Never, never been a main eventer, right. <laughs> really, wherever she was. And when she finally got the title, it's like, okay, it's your turn. Let's see what yeah. you can do. While And the same thing with Utami. We all had questions. Uh, I, I, myself, and my co-host at Redleaf Retrocast, we we had big questions about Utami. Does she have the charisma? Can she rise to the occasion? Is her skill level even there yet? Uh, will they pad defenses with more veteran wrestlers, uh, like we saw with B Priestley? Uh, does she have the tenure like a Kagetsu? or because there were even questions with Mayu when she had it? And then you look at like white belt runs in Stardom. They, it's it's more of the I guess story and heart of the promotion and how they build their matches and build the content. You know, you had your long Momo run, your Arisa, even Julia to an extent, and and Tam this year. With Shuri winning the title, it definitely felt bigger. It felt larger. It felt like the main eventer, as you said, climbed that mountain and finally reached the top. And you felt—I don't know about you guys, but I also felt that with the Grand Prix win.
2: Oh yeah, I mean we got we got a clip we got a clip of um of the Grand Prix final where we we're just like Shuri is the best wrestler is the best women's wrestler in the world. Um, she might be the best wrestler in Japan uh like and i said like i've this is my third grand prix watching the entire grand prix and and this is the first time why did somebody go through where i felt like if they had been in the g1 they would have been a, a they would have been a legendary top three mvp run from out of shiri that um this year where it's like all these matches are like four stars four stars four stars four stars. like over and over and over throughout through you know through those uh 10 matches and you know, by the end of it, after you know she goes, you know, four, and, four and a half plus against Takumi, then four and a half plus against uh, Momo, it felt like, who the fuck else is doing that? Like going twenty minutes and exhausting uh, at an exhausting pace, take a twenty five minute break, and then do it all over again at a higher level. Um I, you know, I, I, I you know, I, I said at that point, to him, like she is. It felt like, you know, in earlier years watching the Grand pr- or watching the G1 was like the person that wins this, leaving out of it, whether it was um, Omega or whether it was Naito or whether it was um, Ibushi, it felt like a legend. And, you know, to go from that to then, at the time, I was thinking like, wow, we're going to get this Osaka Joe Hall like a month later to where it's like, nah, 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 I got better idea for you. Make you wait too much for it. And, like, the anticipation paid off for me. Um, so, I, you know, I, I feel like. Um, and just as far as the way that Shuri feels, and after this this uh, this run through and and uh, getting this after you know twenty three months after the heartbreak of of you know failing as about as respectfully as you possibly can fail, it one like she was out here getting choked out, um, uh, <laughs> like like Tam was. So I, I, I thought that like this was great, and I thought that like she just feels like she like she might not be as over as you know a Mayu or a Julia or a Tam. But, like, the let the bell ring. Like, let the bell ring and see what happens. Like, she'll be, like, she just she just comes off, like, she feels real as opposed to a wrestler. She just does, to me anyway. I feel like she comes to the ring and, like, yeah, she'll do the, you know, the head scissors and the cast of doors and all that stuff, but, like, this woman's in there to, like, beat your ass and get her ass beat and, like, deal in the drama and pain and suffering of, in desperation of wanting to win uh in a way that like most wrestlers i never feel that from so she i you know i think rich um in our clip she's like you don't even need she transcends the language like she's speaking like the language of pro wrestling loud and clear like i, I that's how i feel when i watch her just like she's she's able to get like this emotional pull out of me that like Tam can do, but, like, Tam has to build that shit for, like, two years. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But it's just, like, just start the
1: match. Just ring the bell. Just ring the bell. remember at the beginning of the uh, Grand Prix, when they were doing, like, their fighter poses, like, when they were being introduced. Like, that's what I think of when I think of Shuri, what she did. Like, that little six-second clip. Like, and I'll share it on the one nation, if I can find it. But uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like, she's just, you know, it's like... She's she brought it, she's bought it, and it's like, all right, uh, I'm ready for the smoke. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, the year, the year of Shuri is absolutely wild. Her journey through stardom. Uh, I mean, I was <laughs> I was on my podcast uh, early 2020, late 2019, uh, when she was hanging out in Ice Ribbon. <laughs> Funny how times work Join out. Was that Army? Oh, yeah. Okay. It was Joint Army era, and it sure seemed like Shuri was prime for the main event in Ice Ribbon, then she made that jump. Uh, Full time to stardom, and I mean, I myself, I, I, I can't, I can't say. I mean, she was protected. She's, she's always been kind of at that main event level from day one. But yeah. even, even I can't, and didn't see how high she was going to reach in this promotion. There was just no guarantee. There's no never a guarantee in anything. And to be, this is this is when you just eat that crow, and you're just like, yep, yeah, feed it to me. I love it. She reached the top. I'm here for it. Let's enjoy it. And for all the people that are going, well, who's going to beat her next? Who cares? Let's enjoy this run. Yeah. That's uh, when you uh, had the best champion. I don't give a shit who's <laughs> going to beat her at any point right now. I am in it for the Shuri run. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I don't know when it changed
2: for me. It might have been the last night of the Grand Prix. Yeah, that's what it was. Like, when she has to match with Micah because she has to make up the dates because she missed, um, you know, time, you know, dealing with her mom. Uh, her mom's passing. Where, like, she has to have the match with up at the beginning of the show, and then she has to fight Utami, and then, like, she wrestles Utami to a draw, who then wins the freaking Grand Prix, and it's like, okay, this is more than just a gatekeeper. Oh, yeah. That's what, that's what I was, in my mind, I was like, she's gonna, she's basically, like, when she showed up, I was like, it took me about a month or two to be like, okay, she has, like, a completely replaced, like, sure, or sorry uh, Konami as, like, the super tournament, tough out, you want no parts of her in, in tournament play like, she took that to another level, and then it went from a gatekeeper to, like, alright, she could be champion, and then she has the match with with Mayu, um, at, uh, Yokohama at, on on October 3rd, 2020, and I was like, yeah, she, she she's, a, she. they're treating her like she's a top woman, she just, she just literally handed Mayu's at her ass for, like, 80% of this match, so, um, you know, I'm just glad that, like, you know, it kept progressing, and, like, she's getting closer and closer and closer, and, like, you know, like what? What must I do next? And it's like you must win the. You must, you know, go through all the. You got to go through that incredible blue block of Tam and and Takumi <laughs> and and Utami and Kamatani and Micah to get through it. And it's like I'll do that too. And then like now what? All right, well yes, go man. go do it. Go be go beat Utami in a fair one. Go beat her in a fair one, and she did. And now like she's just on the top of the world. Like I just I have such a high respect for her, for her, and like. This is a woman that, like, when I first started watching uh, Joshi, I would see her in, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, and Max voltage in, in, in trios matches in comedy matches, uh, half comedy matches on, you know, the second from the top or third from the top on ceiling cards. They go from that to this is, just, like, the range this woman has, like, just, she's amazing, and I'm really
0: happy for her. So, yeah, What um, you just mentioned is, like, the bane of the Joshi scene <laughs> and how they book, or lack thereof.
2: No, but those matches were fun as hell, though.
0: Doesn't matter when they don't draw a dime. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough.
2: Have, Max voltage will always have a, uh, a a fond moment in my heart, like Muki Takase, Nanai, uh, Rio Mizunami versus like Hiroyo Masamoto, Sukasa, and and Shuri, and Shuri's like, yeah, I feel like dancing. Yeah, give me the give me the match voltage shirt. I'll dance with y'all. That's cool. Start dancing, and then like Haruo's like, hey, idiot, you're on my team. Oh my bad. You know what? Yeah. yeah I mean, they're, they're,
0: yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're fun times, but that's, that's really been a, uh, a, a, crutch isn't the right word, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. so I mean, I, I, guess we, I guess we got to talk about, uh, the white belt this year. So we'll do it faster, Julia. I thought aside from the, uh, the Natsco, um, oh, thing atrocity. That, yeah. That, that I think that's the worst white belt match I've ever seen. Um, Aside from that abysmal, that that monstrosity, like, honestly, like, the balls of, we talk about, you know, Rossi, you know, the balls of Rossi after that terrible anniversary show match to, like, (laughs) then say, you know what, we're going to give, we're going to, after having Shiri Utami, we're going to have Nasco come out after he had a 43-minute double knockout, we're going to have her come out and say, she's the next challenger, I wouldn't Only do Vince McMahon's level stones for that one. Cause I was like, this shit is a disaster. This shit to be awful. This got new eyes on it. This match is going to get new eyes on it. And like this, they're going to get to this January 4th show and people going to see this match. They're going to be like, what is this? But you know, they, I I don't know how they, they escaped it. That's all I'm going to say. They escaped it. I think the match was going to be good, but it wasn't going to be anything to, to make people stick around if they saw what they saw on June in June. So, um, back to uh that match was awful between Julia and Nasco, and then you and again the Valentine's Day weekend show, uh Kid versus uh versus Starlight Kid. I thought that match was awesome. Like, it, it it I almost gave four and a half stars. Um, like to to have Shuri in Azumi, I think on the undercard or on the same weekend, and like that match still was a better match. I I thought it was super impressive, and I thought that like this was kind of like the beginning of. Starlight Kids 2021, um, like finally get on the board as a white with a white belt challenge. Uh, she had never done it before, and like to just get Julia. I know I know people feel like she's a tweener and she leans hill, but for me, like she's always been a hill. Like, she, yeah, the, the best she's at that. the best she's at is when she's always a dick. Like, um, like I I just I just she's feel a bully. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like she just like n- like nobody was rocking with her when it came to the to the. Uh, Hannah thing at the beginning of when she first came over, especially after like the way she left Ice Ribbon, especially for us nerdy, dork, dork West western fans, like to, you know, to then get to the, uh, you know, the Tam thing and people like, wanted Tam to win for, for years or whatever else, or, and then get to the, the kid thing where she's bullying a teenager or a 20 year Yeah, she's 20, she actually, she's 20 or 18, 19 at the time. Like bullying a teenager, like trying to rip off like the only mask in the company. Like she's just a jerk. But the match is awesome. Um
0: and then she going full on she going on full on lucha bully. <laughs> yeah. And then it gets so unexpected kinda- to see that kind of that kind of heat that she gets. Right. She I mean she gets she gets some heat. And yeah. then, especially with some of the fans. I mean, all she has to do is some wacky shoot pro article and <laughs> it just explodes in the Joshi world, uh, yeah, acting like she said? she's the worst person on the planet, and yeah. she just fully embraces this character where she is the leader of DDM. She's an outsider coming in, invading your territory. It is, it is good old school heel aspect about Julia and her. Once she got past that tour match, she really embraced that side of her. She started to really find out what she could do and who she could be in this promotion, and she was, she t- turned out to be the perfect foil for Tam Nakano reaching the top as the uh, as the ultimate babyface overcomes the bully.
2: Yeah, and I and I think that that um, that Starlight Kid match kind of like gives you the point where it's like. There's no picking, there's not, there's no size to really be picking here. Like, she is full on going heel, at least for this mu- this, next, this next big ordeal. She's going to be calling her shots, she's going to be bullying people around. She beat the shit out of Unagi, um, set up the, you know, the, the trial match series thing, beats her up, just completely no-sells her shit, and like, just big leagues her, and basically just like, get the fuck out of here, you geek. And then, you know, sets <laughs> off the challenge to Tam, um, which is, you know, her hubis catcher, like... I'm on top of the world. Like, I almost took this kid's fucking mask. I just beat your rookie, like, or not your rookie, your young girl. Like, you can't do nothing to me. Like, I'll even give you a title shot. And just because, like, I'm such an asshole, put your hair on the line. I'll put mine up, too, because I know I'm going to win. And you end up Dude, getting-
0: she, yeah, she she, Yeah, she was putting on that shirt, face, heel, derche, And she was all about it, DDM symbol, instead of that Transformers one. <laughs> Love Julia. She's great. Yeah, she 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 was the heel that got her cummins to it, and her confidence was her was her, was her downswing. It was yeah. it was great to see. Yeah. So then I she mean, started
1: dressed like police.
0: What you say? <laughs> you
2: start dressed <laughs> she started like started. police. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I, I mean, uh, different points. We're all going to talk about the match. So uh, the Boudicca Hall match, like, is my favorite match of the year. Like, it's one of my favorite matches of all time. Like, I, <laughs> it just is. Like. Y'all already y'all. I told y'all back. I told y'all this back in March. I listen to this show. Like, it's gonna be my favorite year unless something, something crazy happened. Crazy shit happened. I still didn't. It still didn't top for top anything else for me. Uh, so yeah, um, this awesome match. Great combination of multiple years of, of, uh, of storytelling at play to get to this point. Um, and you know, at, at the end, like the, this late bloomer. This uh, this late bloomer. This person that, like, literally was not good, a good wrestler into the in late, t- early 2018, like, all of a sudden is like main eventing. Um, and also with another woman that also people also say isn't good. And, like, they, they go out there and have one of the best matches of the year, um, in Budokan Hall in the main event. And it's awesome. Uh, and, you know, off to the races, like, uh, Julia is, is then sent to go side quest and she, she, she regroups quickly. She's immediately, like, in the, uh, in the tight, the uh, tag title, uh, scene with, uh, Shuri, but on the other end, you have like Tam working, work, you know, uh, what do you say, uh, whipping the votes almost. That's not the right phrase, but like she goes right to her Rolodex and starts like hitting up. Like, all right, I got all this. St- I got. I've done been. In, I've been in Stardom for years. I also did Actress Girls. What am i going to do for my title run? And like she goes and says, "All right, like me and Nastapoi don't really have like we famously don't have like uh." Good feelings for each other after I left actress girls. She's in stardom now. We've teased that we don't like each other in matches. Now let's give her a title shot. And we're going to have this match where we're like disrespecting the shot of each other and slapping the shit out of each other and uh, pouring water on each, on each other's heads. And then like I'm just going to lift her and drop her on her back of her neck. I, I thought it was a great match.
0: Yeah, the Budokan Hall uh, match with Tam and Julia. Uh, it, it was a throwback match from the 90s. That's what. That's what that was. And it absolutely delivered all, lo- all levels of what it was asked for. Uh, calling back to Manami Toyota, Toshi Call calling back Akira Hokuto matches, uh, <laughs> including that oh, yeah. table spot right yep. in front, in front of, of Akira Hokuto as well. Uh, it, it's it's one of my favorite matches of the year, uh, without question. And when you go, when you just go through the list of opponents and the type of feuds that Tam was tasked with uh, for this white belt run, I mean, I give it a lot. I, I give it on that same level of credit as the Utami run uh, for what stardom was able to bring throughout the year. I know a lot of people are going to focus on the main belt, but this white belt run was right up there, right up there with a, just a different match structure and much lower opponents. Let's no. Say it. no. Yeah. It's, it's, it was to me, it was a much harder task that, that Tam was, was positioned with and she had to wait a couple months to get kind of her first defense in coming off that. Uh, it's it's a tough ask because a lot of hair stipulation matches really get the person who get who loses that match they they end up becoming more over and more focused going forward, uh, which Julie was absolutely positioned <laughs> to to be coming out of that match and Tam had the title so when it was time to finally hit the gas running with uh, Natsupoi, uh, Starlight Kid, Starlight Kid, yeah, yeah, uh, those are the two eventually, the Grand Prix. yeah. Yeah, eventually Mayu, uh, the white belt has a history with uh, the white belt champion losing in the five star Grand Prix. So how are they how how was she going to come out of the Grand Prix uh, not being the super protected worker that say uh, Utami or Shuri was going to go through? Uh, who was going to pin her and what what was she going to do after that? And she was tasked with Unagi and Minashirakawa. <laughs> so when you put those two title matches back to back and you look at them on paper in early 2021 you'd be like those are going to be failures and i can't say that they they were failures maybe maybe you could argue that they were they didn't reach as great as some of these utami defenses are but much different skill level workers and i thought the entire Tam run was one of the best white belt runs in the company. One of the top, one of the best top belt runs in the company and just happened to come uh, side by side with one of the best red belt runs in company history. Yeah. Uh, so you put those two together, these two people drew a lot of money for this company this year Yeah. and drew a lot of star ratings <laughs> throughout the fandom and every single match just seemed to hit dis- differently on a different emotional level. That's tough. That's tough to do.
1: Yeah. Tam is the queen of
0: dramatics. I'll say that. Um, she. I was comparing her to Kenny Omega all year. <laughs> <laughs> funny you should mention that because we did too.
1: <laughs> we had a conversation uh, earlier today that was that was pretty funny. Actually, we should go ahead and just. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa,
2: whoa, whoa. <laughs> we we let's let's drop it. Do you want to drop it now, or do you want to do it after we get done with uh, after talking about who she who Tam drops the belt off to?
1: We'll, we'll
2: do it then. Okay, yeah. So, uh, but keep in mind, t- Kenny Omega, um, Tam McCono, uh just uh, yeah, they are playing 4D chess, and I don't mean that in a in a uh, derogatory or um, um, uh, way. Like they 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 really figured this out, <laughs> next level with this shit. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so the next play match, you know, get that get the you don't even gotta. You don't even have to know the backstory. Rich didn't even know the backstory. He just saw the video package, and I think he said that, like, NASA boy just shows it at the press conference and a picture of her, an old picture of her, NASA, uh, of her and Tam, and she just rips it down the middle like a fucking villain. <laughs> and I just laughed. <laughs> and, and, Bro like, to see the way they beat the shit out of each other and, like, this is, this is like, you know, that's Nat's Boy's, like, first big match in stardom and, like, and she knocks out the park, you know, this easy four and a quarter uh, star thing, and, like, I you know, I, I wish they had got to it again, but ultimately we end up getting it with you know, their their matches with the trios belts and ultimately, like, uh, you know, that that story of, like, I beat you for your trios belt, I finally got some over you, and not only am I going to take the trios belt, I'm taking your blue one. Like, that was, on, that was intentional. That wasn't an accident. Um, uh, you know, the Starlight Kid match was freshly after she, um, she had turned heel and fully committed to cheating all the time. And that match is like ultimate babyface overcomes all adversity, all the cheating, all the nonsense. And this is like literally out of all the Togo-ism stuff you see and start, you've seen in Stardom over the last year with Natsuko and whatever else. This is like the best version of a single match for that where like Tam, uh, gets her eight, her back ate up by, like, going into the, uh, the, the, uh, unprotected ropes, or unprotected corner, um, kid goes for, works over her back, and, you know, with, a uh, uh, Texas clover leaves, goes, to, uh, layer, goes for a moonsault on her back, and she overcomes a lot of stuff at the end, like, she, uh, kid gets undone by, like, Tam throwing her into that unexposed turnbox and hitting her with a tiger suplex getting out of there, like, I, I thought that match was awesome, and for I think that might be the only red or white belt match all year that wasn't at a Corken Hall or a or an arena. So, like, I thought, like, for the setting for uh, where it was, I thought it was a, I thought it was a very damn good match. I um, mean, quite probably the best match those two have ever had together in a singles uh, form.
0: Yeah, go ahead. I, I, okay. I, I, th- I think uh, outside of the Mayu match, uh, I pretty much. Uh, said my piece on gotcha. Tam just to kinda speed it up. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So then we get let's like go through the Grand Prix. Tam uh,
2: you know, like you said meant, or mentioned like white belt champions, the ELs. Uh the ELs in the um in the tournament, and then they eventually beat the red belt champion in the same block, uh to kinda even it out, and then they kinda answer back and get back those wins. Um beat Tommy in the last night, awesome sprint of a match. Um, and then comes out at the end of the night and says, I want I want Mayu. Mayu uh says like you know, if I had won, I would have challenged for the white belt instead of red belt. And then it's on it, uh, at Osaka Joe Hall. And like, this is one of my favorite matches of the year. Like, they, they literally like, tear into each other. They sell expertly. There's a story involved of, of them working each other's uh, necks and back. And um, ultimately, at the end, like, they go down the closing stretch of a great, you know, stretch of offense uh, fighting against each other. And then ultimately there was no finish, but Tam had the, looks like she would have won. If there were a few seconds left, like most very good, uh, draws go. And, um, that was the match I was most like, I wanted a a actual decisive winner between these two. And I thought we were going to get a, a, um, rematch, but like they could do that rematch
0: without a belt. It's bigger than the belt. Yeah. Uh, I adored this match. I adored the finish. Uh, I didn't, need, I didn't need the finish now. I, I was in it for how they were going to continue their rivalry and story of Tam trying to overcome Mayu. And you're absolutely right. It, it, it The rivalry does feel bigger than a title at this point. Um, there was a part of me that thought they were going to run it at Sumo Hall in December. Now it mm-hmm. sure looks like they're going to run it at one of the Sumo Halls in March. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the vibe I'm getting right now. And I love the drama behind it, the fire. Uh, even the uh, stardom fans in Japan – like really like that match a lot. So it would definitely meant a lot to them. But if you I don't know if you guys have seen the top twenty starter matches voted by the, the fans over there. But I saw it listed, I didn't I didn't
1: even click
2: on the list. I saw I saw the NISA I didn't see the full twenty, but I saw the list like when it was like the top five that was shown um, for like a week or two ago.
0: I, yeah, I you, it. yeah, it, it's it's not that hard to find, but yeah. uh, I mean, Asaki, the Saki Shura match made the top ten, which is kind of funny. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that match made that. I don't know. What, maybe it's like a, I, had a, I had a
2: girl for like her filling in for Konami. I don't know.
0: Yeah, it, yeah. There's there's always some kind of feel good moment or troll trolling that could go into voting for sure. Uh, but there's a reason that Mayu Tam match meant a lot to a lot of fans, and it's just gonna I I could see this rivalry continuing for another two three draws. Knowing stardom and how all <laughs> these companies book, it's just how do they get around that and get to the point? Uh, I'm sure there'll be some tag draws along the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm here for the ride. And when we finally do get a finish, because we will, I'm really pulling for Tam to finally be Mayu. And it'll be a very emotional moment.
1: Yeah, man. I, I feel like we're so early in it, I can't, like, properly, like evaluate it yet. Because I feel like there's just so much more to go, mm-hmm. so I, I yeah, I, I think I'm just in the in the early stages of it right now. So
2: that's fair. Yeah, I. Uh, in the back of my mind, I kind of feel like the way that Tam feels about Mayu shoot in a shoot way. Like there might be a story where it's just like. I she probably was like on some time dreamer shit like like time dreamers like I should never be the ECW champions like I should never beat Mayu it might be that where it's like oh. best the best it's ever gonna be is like I can tie her you know to draw but I can never beat her because like she you know she's called her the god of, of Joshi wrestling before like it might be that kind of thing where like she has that kind of respect for her I don't know but like either way like I want to see them throw down again um like you know in the next six months because like. You know, I, I think domestically, I don't think there's a bigger match they can put on.
0: It's tough, yeah. I mean, you got Julia Utami that's probably up there, probably another Julia Mayu match. Mayu Tommy's always in the back pocket. My uh, Mayu Tam is, is right there at the top. And yeah. it can't be understated how emotional that match is for a lot of fans. Yeah.
2: And and then after that you get Anagi who like just fresh after losing the, the future belt just comes out and says, Hey, you just had a you just had a thirty minute yeah. ah! like, Slug I love the, the, Noxter. Evil. the I love Noxter. The nogster Oh man, the this, this 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 <laughs> I, I okay, I have grown cool, to bro. like Unagi more and more um as the year has gone <laughs> on. Now that she is now like I call her middle child Unagi now. Now that there's Waka and there's um and there's Mai there, like Instead of her just being the geek of the group, like she is now, like with two people that are bigger geeks than she was, and like she's nice to them and like carries them to the back when they get their asses whooped, but like she also is like y'all still y'all y'all are taking a cut of this of this mint of money that we were making. Like I don't really necessarily I'm not exactly cool with that, but like whatever. <laughs> like I'll, I'll I'll learn to I'll learn to love you eventually. But right now, like I don't really I don't know. But like anyway, just seeing her. Um, come in and just like being like just completely oblivious to like what she just saw like Mina meanwhile is like she just she sees what she saw at Osaka jaw she's shooken to her core of like I can't believe Tam has this kind of feeling and emotion that Mayu breathes out but I can't get it out of her and then is like whatever I want a white belt match I don't care <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: on that. give yeah. it to the evil
2: <laughs> yeah, so they have their match, and like it's nothing but just a rave success. Because like, if you had told me when she first came in in uh, last October or last uh, November that she was gonna go out here and have like a match that uh, a match is better than three and a half stars, and it's gonna be the semi event of start of a star shot, i would been like, you're out of your fucking mind. And you know,
0: story th- of the promotion.
2: They uh, <laughs> yeah, like she she showed improved, and she took a lot of ass whoopings and she's gotten better consistently. And you know, um. It, it, it's really hard to kind of notice. I think it's starting because everyone tries so hard. It's kind of hard to notice the growth that people make individually. Um, because like the top of the card is so high and everybody literally is getting better at every given moment. Cause like the average age and median age of the roster is 25 years old. That is like, it's kind of hard to notice that stuff unless like they're being showcased like a Unagi, I'm sorry, like a, like a Micah and like a Kamatani or a Starlight Kid or a Zumi, where it's like, you constantly see them just be awesome and you see, like, it's coming, and it's coming eventually, as opposed to, like, someone like like Mina and Unagi, where it's like, they're struggling at the bottom of the card, and they just, like, they're just always, even if they improve, even if they get, like, within three steps behind, they're still three sets behind, so you're kind of like, alright, whatever. And to see them have that match, was really satisfying um, after, like, the year that Unagi had had, had where she's like, that seven match trial series, she took a, a hellacious beatdown seven straight times. Out there with seven killers, went out there and murdered all three times. She just kept getting up, and <laughs> the matches with and the matches with Shuri, where Shuri just beat her ass throughout the year too. It's like, I, it was it was it was nice for her to have a moment after a year where she's like completely got destroyed all year and kept getting better in spite of the fact that she kept getting her ass kicked. Like, like let me show you what I've what I've learned over the year or whatever else. And I, I thought it was really nice. I thought it was really nice moment for her in
0: Fortam. Um. Yeah. Yeah. The Cosmic Angels in general. Uh, came in with a lot of flack. <laughs> they came in with a lot of negativity. Uh, but when I looked, uh, I, I, I always like to look at whether you're a rookie of 30, whether you're a rookie of 19, if you got potential, you got potential. Talent is talent. And Unagi showed a lot of talent, even in Tokyo Joshi Pro. And whether she was going to get a push there, that was a fat zero. And she took a chance on herself. She came into stardom, took them ass whoopings. <laughs> She 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 played the role player and she moved up to the starting lineup pretty damn quick. And instead of uh, instead of throwing those bricks at the three point line, she she thought she'd throw some free throws, practice a little bit. And when it came to just getting a starting point guard role, if you like these basketball references, I'll keep going. <laughs> Go when it came to st- yeah, when, when look, nobody believed in her, nobody. And yeah. I I'm just taking the biggest victory lap because <laughs> i was like you gotta watch you gotta watch out for unagi and her just continues to prove everybody wrong very i very happy
1: for you Unagi. i love the eel <laughs> i love
0: the sword breathe so- with the eel
2: yeah because <laughs> yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah, doing- <laughs> she's out here doing blade runners and shit now uh <laughs> so uh so then after that you you're getting uh Mina, she challenged for the match. I'm not, look. I hated that. I hated their match. Um, I, I, this is what I will. This is what. This is what I will give them. Um, I saw a clip of because Stardom is running uh, stuff on on domestic TV, and sure. they were like a 24 hour thing. Um, I saw a clip of like the last like five minutes of their match. It's not awful. It's it's actually good, but. I hated the whole character presentation of her because it came out of left field. Like I saw her like a week ago, she was normal and all. sudden so she's crazy, and her hair's dyed, and like she's in like she's on some Mickey James, Trish Stratus type of thing right now. And it's like that that totally was like unearned um, from a story perspective. But whatever, like I feel like when they have it when they have their match in the Grand Prix next year, it'll smoke that match. But whatever, like they Probably. have the match. People like it a most. A lot of people like it a lot more than I do. So, like, maybe I'm just I'm probably just wrong on it. Whatever. Um. So that that's my piece on that on that uh, particular uh, title run or title. Hey, try.
0: hey. Some matches miss. Yep. Doesn't mean they're bad or good per se. Sometimes you just kind of cross a line uh, where I'm more appreciative of the match. Is they tried something different. They tried something unique. They knew they they themselves recognized probably a ceiling. And them as wrestlers and performers, they went, let's 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 do something out there. And I think they crossed the line in the match. Cody. Well so, <coughs> hey. Cody misses sometimes. He misses That's, a lot. Well I think I think he I think he hits a little bit uh, a little bit sometimes. Uh, you know he does, he's he got to put hit. himself. Yeah. You know he yeah he, he I mean he's got to put himself on fire apparently. Yeah. <laughs> or or his brother has to. Thank God. Thank God, Mina's not coming out here <laughs> with some fire retardant oil. But oh god, she's like, I'll dye I'll dye my hair. How about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you do you. That's cool. That's cool. I uh, to me, what would have been worse is that they go out there and they had like a two and a half star match. They were never going to do that, though. Like Mina's too good. Mina, I Mina is
2: better than Unagi, bell to bell, in my opinion. So it's like I felt like
0: I, I don't know what. See, they were... I think they're kind of about the same, and I think Unagi's ceiling on a match is a little bit higher, personally. Okay, Mi, Mina uh, Unagi, I think, is a little bit more athletic. She's willing to try more things in the ring as opposed to uh, Mina. Mina, where what she has a lot more charisma to her, She does. and she tried to use that. Uh, to her advantage, and to get something more out of the match. And Tam, hey, she's she's willing to do a lot of things in that ring. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. She does it <laughs> to care her own her. fault and detriment sometimes.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, hey, not everything hits. I think it was far from a miss. But as far as doing something new, I, I'm I'm very much appreciative of that, especially in terms of wrestling. There's too much we get playing the safe card.
2: Fair enough. Rich, what, what were your thoughts on, on the Mina um uh, doing doing whatever that was that night?
1: The video package alone was like I knew something was up. It was just like, <laughs> like and it's not in English anything. It, I'm just It like, was
2: expensive. It was expensive and well produced, but then it's like, yeah.
1: I was like, something's happening. And then when Mina came out, I was like, Wow. Like it, and it, it Got was attention—that's
0: for sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was attention grabbing, and it was different. Know, I'll leave it at that. That's yeah, fair enough.
2: <laughs> um, and then we end up getting uh, the closing stretch into uh, the grand—I'm not grand prix—into um, um, Suma Hall. Sorry, yeah. Queendom. Dream yeah, Queendom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suma Hall. Uh, from a few days ago, uh, Tam versus uh, Sayakamitani more or less set off by the fact that early in the, in the Grand Prix, um, Kamatani got the win over, uh, Tam. Also, she won that three-way tournament. Um, at the time, <coughs> at the time, her, they weren't presenting her the way they had presented, uh, previous, um, white champions, uh, as on the precipice of winning. Um, you look back to, um, you look back to, I had a theory behind that. Is it basically like the G1 for her or like her Grand Prix where it's like she's eating, she's going to get all those wins back. Uh,
0: yeah, I think, I think that's an easy path to go, but okay. uh, even, even just coming out of the, the five star and she was the, the way I was kind of gauging it uh, feeling wise was she felt weirdly hot and going to be champion and she didn't need to be protected as, as per stars in the past really did. And, maybe you guys got that same feeling with her. Like it was her time to win. I felt like she was going to, I felt like
2: she was going to win it, but I thought that she was going to lose again and then win it in like the summer or something like that, or not, to, or maybe like the spring. I thought that she was going to have to be, she's going to have to lose again and then come back. Like it's going to be similar to like, well, the sure she went through that. Yeah. But I, the reason why, but the reason why I thought is because like, she, they kept, they beat, they beat her in ways that was like, in I've never seen them beat people like that. Like, so, okay, so she yeah. That's a- what that's
0: what made it that, – yeah, that's what made it different, and that's why I kind of bring up she felt – she weirdly still felt hot, and it didn't warrant all these draws and protection that uh, people had in the past. That was just kind of my theory and feeling behind mm-hmm.
2: it all. I, I, just, I just was used to right. – I, I kind of felt like I may, – it, maybe it's something different, and it, it, it still ended up working, and she's still going to be yeah. fine. It just, for me, like, it just felt so different from what I have seen the start, uh, since I started watching. It was like, I, I think she's going to be sent packing.
0: She's going to like, going to run again. Um, I guess it made that moment a little bit better then.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, um, Weirdly I, enough. I, like, like, once Tam, like, won um, that match against Nagi, or excuse me, Utami, uh, it was like, she can lose the white belt at any time for now. And I figured like, they were setting up all Sia's next defenses with this rash of losses that, that were coming. So I, I, I thought the title change was coming.
2: Yeah. I Like, that's something I'm realizing in retrospective. Like, all right, well, all right, who did she lose to? And it's like, the same people that Tam beat earlier in the year is like, you look at it and in, in a lot of people that, you know, um, we're not a lot, but the people that, like, don't think Tam had a good title run are like, well, look at the quality of opponent and these people that don't, you know, that aren't, like, uh, veterans or whatever else, and it's like, well, the point of it of her title role was like to literally because after Tam, there was literally nobody, literally nobody like in the title scene for the white belt. Like it was, it had been Tam and Julia for so long. There's like Julia's now moved on. Tam is going to have to move on from it after she loses. Eventually, she's not going to have for two years. Uh, so you have to start building people. So it's like, all right, so what's the, what's the next like slate of white belt, you know, contenders? Natsupoi, Kid, obviously, Kamatani, obviously, um, Mina and Unagi, obviously. So, you know, they threw the they threw the Mayu thing to draw. Obviously. So, um, so like, once you do that, it's like, all right. So then you look at who um, who who Kamatani lost to after, and it's like, all right. So she had the point lead in the block for the blue block, and then basically blew it against Unagi. Unagi's her first challenger. For the white belt,
0: um, yep, there you go. Uh, she, she, you know, the next you got that big brain going on. She just had got she, all you got to do is ask, <laughs> <laughs> that's it, just
1: go to the ring,
2: yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, so, uh, then you also throw out like the next pay per view in that three way match for the uh, trio's titles, like Hamika pinzer So, like, you know, and you know, you're going to get a Hamika, um, Kamatani match at some point for the white belt. Um, that seems like it's destined to happen because they're rivals. They're Char- um, I don't know why Micah hates uh, QQ so much, but that's she just
0: beats with them, too. That's, that's, that's how it goes. Uh, and I bet you QQ can't hang with the drinks. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably drinks them under the table, and she's very disappointed in them. You see those, well, all those DDM ones? She's drinking everyone under the table. <laughs> well,
2: I mean, you know, Tommy did mention that she you – know, she been drink. She was drinking a lot earlier in the year when she didn't make the uh, <laughs> hall. So maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll see that the host division drinkers, of course. Uh, so let's see. Uh, who else did she lose to? I mean, she lost to Sh- or she lost to Tommy, but like that was just because like they-, they felt like beating someone. I thought that that prelude match was going to go to a draw. Um, the Saki, the Saki loss in the uh, in the match between in the captain's match. I thought that was weird. Like they should just threw over the top to see when they threw over Utami, but like I don't know, maybe Saki gets a white belt match. I'm joking, that's never going to happen. But like I-, I just thought that yeah, you uh, never know. Is it so, Saki's
0: so, so- 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 booking is is weird? It's weird. it's yeah, it's it's weird, but it makes sense where she's got it's it's like Genki Horiguchi in, in Dragon Gate. You have to explain that gonna, you. Yeah, they explained. Never gonna. All right, so Genki Horiguchi has what's called the backslide from heaven. It was established as a could beat anyone at any time type of move, but he's not going to be. And
2: that's crucifix pin.
0: Right. And she's not going to, she and him are not going to be the main event. It's just not going to happen. Gotcha. But can they pin anybody with this one move? No problem. It's established. It's canon in the promotion. It's canon with that wrestler. So you always buy it, but you never buy that. It's going to be like this big upward momentum for the person. (laughs) Gotcha.
2: Okay. Cause like she be putting Mayu away with that fucking thing.
0: Oh, she has it in the entire career. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, I think it's what three. I think the last three times we've all like, 2018 Grand Prix, 2019 Grand Prix, this year's Grand Prix, right? Uh,
0: yeah, I think so.
2: Yeah, yeah. Like, my, you just <laughs> just just fucking hit the moonsault. Stop trying to get her up for a dragon <laughs> uh, a dragon suplex. Just moonsault Turner. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so get to the match and great match. Like, it's one of the better matches that starting this year. Like, I I think I put it eighth in my favorite matches of the year. Uh, Um, for Stardom, like I, 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 like this is the this is Saya's best match by 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 a big stretch, and I thought highly of her match with with Shuri in the Grand Prix. I thought highly of um her match with Takumi and all the and and Tam and stuff. Like I I think that she's a woman that like consistently like if you need her to go get four stars, she will go get you four stars. But if you need her to go get four and a half stars, she had never proven that she could do that until now. Um, so like, you know, 25 years old, only been wrestling since the summer of 2019. Like, I feel like, you know, um, depending on her, on her opponents or challengers, like if she gets a Natspo, if she gets Starlight Kid, if she gets a Micah, like she can go off and have a nice little, uh, have a nice run for herself. Um, the Unagi thing, I think that, I think that is, I think, I, I feel like I don't, I feel like that's more future seed uh, dropping for Unagi in the future, um, sure. and I'm not like I'm not going to like hold it up that like she needs to go out there and have a four and a quarter star match with Unagi. That's not realistic. But um, I think that I think that you know if they have a good match. That's a, that's a feather in both of their caps, and we'll see what happens with Unagi a year from now.
1: I feel yeah, like I for me, I was a big fan of Arisa Oshiki. and um, Sai is almost the second coming. Of her in a way. They wrestle Um, nothing alike, though. I, I may just be basing it like off of like where they are in the company and like their body types. are tall and skinny, and like Mm. I don't know. It's just like it's just a whole thing. But um, I think she's set to have a killer run because like you just look everywhere. There's nothing but good wrestlers like around. Um, even if you remove like your like say. Uh, Tam and Julia are going to be tied up with whatever they got going on. Like, there's just you can pull out, that's a for her you can pull out whoever, like Kid, Azumi Micah. Yeah, like uh, him. yeah, you might out.
2: you might even get a situation where, like, they might do an Utami Saya match where, like, Saya beats her for once, maybe probably be on a flash or Karana where she beats her, but
1: still beat her <laughs> something like that and maybe she gets an import, too um but uh, yeah, like I, th- I think she's she's made tremendous strides, and it, it paid off, like in a title win uh, at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, so
2: now that we are here, let's now talk about uh, the uh, the Machiavellian plots of, of Tam Nakano and um, Cy- I'm sorry, and uh, Kenny Omega. So <laughs> this year yes. they both had uh, their runs on top in uh, their respective promotions, and. As they want it, you knew who they were going to. You pretty much had a pretty good idea who they were going to eventually drop it to. Um, So you have that. But the thing is, those people are not as good as they are and they're not as over as they are. And the whole thing is like they're building these people up, but they know that they're the bigger star. So they build them up. And then they put them over because like, and ultimately they didn't really lose because those are their guys. Those are their people that they put on the people that they more or less made themselves. And at the, <laughs> and at the end, and at the end, as they're done, they leave, they leave and they're both bigger than the belts they had.
1: And then they're both like heading off into like hot faction warfare or whenever right. you know, so, come back and yeah. probably be involved in the whole super click uh, undisputed thing.
2: And then, uh, Tam, is, course, Tam is right back with Julia on, on top feud again.
1: <laughs> so schemers, uh, ultimate workers—you know yes. the one-wing cosmic angels, as, as people in, in certain Twitter circles call them. Yes. Yeah, uh, you know, always working, always ahead, always yes. on
2: top. So <laughs> at this at this point, from the stardom side, because you know we normally put people in for uh for you know for finesse of the Year for our uh, One Nation Radio Awards, like. I would like to propose to you, Rich. Tam Nakano wrestles all her friends in her white belt title uh, matches as her being for the year for 2021. A candidate anyway, at least. Because she did exactly what Shawn Michaels was trying to do uh, in 1996 (laughs) when he was trying to wrestle all trying to wrestle uh, Nash, trying to wrestle Waltman, trying to wrestle uh, Hall, but they all left for WCW. Tam Nakano was able to accomplish the same feat.
1: Unbelievable! I, a, a smart man once said, "Tam is like Shawn Michaels uh, <laughs> on, on this show before." So, uh, <laughs> apparently, proven it. So, uh, JD, wh- wh- what do you make of the uh, the Kenny and, and Tam uh, comparison here?
0: Yeah, I've made similar comparisons myself. Uh, even even more even more so in the uh, the idea of how they carry themselves in the ring and, and their craziness to be willing to do just the wackiest things imaginable Uh, they're very overly dramatic and charismatic in the ring that annoys wrestling critics alike (laughs) Uh, very unnecessarily as well which is kind of funny they throw v-triggers in the ropes like nobody's business (laughs) super
2: in-depth layer storylines they go back multiple years and span across multiple people that involve the same story uh, beats
0: yeah even if it's across promotions it don't matter you best pay attention yeah, and they will retell that story too. Yeah, to make sure you get it. Yeah, like
2: you uh, want to talk, It's it, yeah. like it. the boy thing, like the boy thing, like that. That ain't number. That ain't number. Like some Abushi shit. Like
0: <laughs> I mean, you heard it on commentary with the Sayakamitani match. It's like he, she she brought her in. She was the motivation. <laughs> it, it was all it was all there, and they got real emotional in the ring. Uh, you saw it in their match in the summer, which I was a huge fan of, and they won up themselves when. Uh, the the sequel came around, yeah.
2: Also, like you know, um, the Omega, the first Okada Omega match, you got the uh, Dragon Suplex, crazy Dragon Suplex off of the uh, top rope uh, onto Okada. Like in this match, like she gives Kamatani a Dragon Suplex, or sorry, a Tiger Suplex off the second rope. Like, right? Yeah, I saw that too. Just, <laughs> and then you get, and then you get, you know, obviously uh, Kamatani. Like the biggest Abushi fan, like doing Abushi movies, yeah. like all of it, all of it, all of it comes together. Like the Golden Love, all that some Golden Lover shit, like all of it, it all fits together.
0: Hell, you even got Momo and Starlight Kid throwing Golden triggers now these days. Right, right. <laughs> Omega and obushi and Okada and all these guys—they are just all over this promotion, and inspiration right now. Much like the All Japan women were with the WCW people in the early '90s. Yep.
2: <laughs> Alright, uh so we, we talked about the top titles. Um so let's get on to predictions for two thousand twenty two. Um do you have any uh act or I think uh, let's see. Um is there anything particular to two thousand twenty one that you think we uh you think you want or you want to mention or, or you think we time to move on to two thousand twenty two?
0: Yeah, I kinda mentioned it on my on my uh, year in review cast oh. I had with JPQ. He's uh he's a member of the PWI now. Oh yeah, like a fan. Yeah, he's a big Saki Kashima fan. <laughs> mm-hmm. We 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 kind of we kind of spoke about the, we, it, 2021 really lacked what we'd like to see out of the Goddess titles tag titles. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That that was a circumstance of just how they were gonna how they ended up booking for the rest of the year. It started off pretty good, uh, especially with getting ALK the titles. I thought that was one of the better tag matches of the year, and it just kind of Julie got injured. They didn't really feel like it was necessary to kind of divert from certain plans. Don't really fall to promotion on that. Uh, should they in hindsight have taken the titles off off them? get. Gu- yeah, you could debate that, sure. I I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with uh, title vacation. Uh, I don't think it hurt the promotion anyway from how right. they went about it this year. But I'd like in I'd like in twenty twenty two to see a resurgence of the tag titles get those suckers back in the main event i think that'd be great we, we saw the success that had the first time around in 2021 despite a lot of people uh being mad about it it can't we came out of it being really happy with the result at least i did and for i guess i mean it's it's too easy to predict julia being uh on top for 2022 <laughs> that's too easy let's go let's go with let's go with uh micah is going to be white belt champion by the end of 2022. That's more fun. Hmm. Rich, you got any predictions? Uh,
1: I think starlight kid will win the white belt. Well, I like it. Yeah. So, uh, as far as,
2: um, oh, I'm, I'm Shuri with you. Sure. And, Sh- and Julia will feud. Oh yeah. Ah, yeah. I'm it's with too you. Too easy. I'm with you. So, uh, <laughs> i so as far as two thousand twenty one, um, gotta get they gotta cut down these draws. Like, I don't necessarily mind the draw I don't mind the draw if it ultimately is going to lead to something. They had a lot of draws that ultimately I mean in but outside of tournaments. Like it's fine to go do draws tournaments to make the points match or whatever else and then like you'll get to answering it, you know, a year or two or whatever else when you have, you know, people with the belts at the top and they'll have their matches that kinda of settle score. But They had a lot of matches where just like uh, they had the they just put it on just because like well we want to give people a good card and it's like cool, um, but at certain points it was like why are you doing two on the same show back to back like there was one show where it went back to back draws and I was like what why Um, so for me it would be
0: cut back on draws Um, the tag title thing. I don't really have a problem with it, but let's not pretend the rest of the Joshi scene doesn't do that, and neither right. does like promotions like Noah. It's it's a very Puro thing yeah. to have a lot of draws just inherently in your promotion yeah. stardom. Uh, did increase that, that, but they also increased a number of different finishes, and hopefully with them expanding their roster, they can reduce that. Right,
2: right, right. Um, also, uh, I think, I, I feel that... Um, just like you mentioned with the tag team division, um, it was a missed opportunity second half of the year, but ultimately it cost nothing because Julia was hurt. And like, do you want to strip the belt, strip them of the belts when you know that like that could potentially be their, their, uh, plot devices split those two up eventually. So I, I, I didn't, in retrospect, I kind of, you know, after watching Momo Oz versus, um, uh, 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 uh Fuku, Fukuoka double crazy watching, uh, Kaguma can guess, or, uh, hazuki and that that match they had in the finals like if that had been a title match like i wouldn't mind it at all but you know they're going to have that match eventually and you know we'll see what happens but like that is them having those tag titles still is going to be a great way to split them up if and when that happens so i so in retrospect like that's more important than you know just having the belts out just to have them out um so yeah uh but I, i think that's pretty much i think that's pretty much uh my my you know Nate, or things that I did not like about uh, two thousand twenty-one for Stardom. Uh, as far as uh, two thousand twenty-two, I mean, it feels to me like it's an obvious lock, slam dunk that like kids are going to win the the Cinderella tournament. Um, and
0: at some oh, point, I don't think so. I, I, I don't I just, think so. I don't get that same feeling. I just feel like you, you think of who historically hold, or
2: where is it, and it's like who you got? Kamatani just won it last year. Um, I mean, you can go Hameka. Um, she doesn't strike me as she's that level of star. It, that's where I'm getting at. It's like who are we? Who are we going to then elevate to? Then put into that kind of level done. of scene? And I'm thinking like who? Who we got? Micah? She, Momo. She could win it again. I think that she's beyond that. Like if she
0: wants a title shot, she just go ask for one. Oh, well. Winning a tournament's an easy way to go ask for one. <laughs> Lady C. Lady C. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe two thousand
2: twenty two. Like I mean, um Mina, it, Mina's a good my, my,
0: my point my point is there's plenty of time on Starlight Kid. Does she necessarily need a Cinderella? Like no one I think and I think the good the good problem in this company right now is nobody needs a Cinderella win. Nobody needs a five star win. You can you can really elevate like they have done such an excellent job elevating people to a certain level that they now have the benefit of the doubt where they can heat someone up and they feel like they are at that level already.
2: I I feel like a lot of the people that Tam face in a white belt uh, run like could use uh, could use a tournament win. Like I feel I feel like if you if you ever plan to, to make Natsua your white belt champion. I think she would need to win a, a, a Cinderella tournament at some point. I think I, the same, I, I think the same thing for well, because they're already doing an but like I think they would do a lot of favors for like Mina to go through a tournament and like showcase, like that she actually is a good wrestler. Um, or yeah, so I, I, I think that you know with, with kid is like you don't have to do it, but I feel like. It's a really nice touch. I feel like it's a really yeah, nice touch. To yeah, you, to I don't like, I don't
0: disagree with that. Yeah. You know,
2: give her a feather in her cap to say like, look, you might not you might not be the White Belt champion this year. You're probably going to be the champion next year or whatever else, but or maybe maybe, you know, at the end of this year, but like keep keep your we want to get people to have their antennas up for you like going into, you know, December of of uh of next year. Um as far as uh Red belt champions, I, I'm, you know, I'm thinking like, I think Julia is going to get her hands on it at some point, but. Um, matter of time. Yeah, it's a matter of time. <laughs> like, you know, that's what they want to do. Um, like, my, my concern is all about Shuri's run. <laughs> yeah, same here. Um, like, I, I, at this point, like, I, I kind of want Shuri to have her own, like, even though, like, she, you know. Donna Mondo, I think the thing that's cool about Donato Mondo is, like, while they do have Julie at the forefront, like, she does present herself like a leader the way that, like, Tam or Mayu or um, Kagetsu has in the past, where it's like, I am on this level and, like, you are subordinates. Like, she's kind of supportive of all of them until it's time for her to take their tag belts, but, but that's not his point. Never mind that part. But, like, <laughs> um, I feel like they kind of make way and give space for all of them to, you know, to shine individually, so like, uh, you know, I feel like, whatever they do to you know, if they want to give uh, Shuri her own faction, and split up Donald Armando, and let you know, Julia get one or two people that are already in Donald Mondo and then like the two goons with her, have a four person faction, whatever else, like, cool, you can do that um but, like, I feel like they're if they're going to feud It can't just be some, they shake hands, it's respect at the end. Like, it needs to be a, like, somebody is driven crazy over this belt or they break up before the belt even gets to that point. Like, it needs to be one of
0: those. Like, it needs to be a blood. That feels like uh, Julia's well on her way. (laughs) Julia loves playing that bully. She loves keeping things interesting. That is a phrase Momo really likes saying a lot in her promos. Mm -hmm. Like to be interesting. Julia's right in that. Uh, She's bringing in two new goons. And it just it just screams ALK Collide, Sumo Hall. Yeah. And Julia uses these goons to 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 split DDM in some in some form or fashion. Is that a complete split? Look, this is this is huge Dragon Gate vibes in this promotion <laughs> over the course of 2021. It's only getting stronger. I I love the two new people coming in. Keeps you on your toes. Keeps it fresh. Keeps the promotion exciting. Julia's immediately uh important in a main event or coming back from injury and it just looks like 2022 is going to be the year of the ghoulia <laughs> as it <laughs> said in our giant ghoulia. check cool. you guys see that when when uh she won those tag titles that check said Golia on it <laughs> oh yeah yeah
2: yeah i i, I <laughs> forgot about that that was a while ago uh yeah, so I mean, I think we I think we did a pretty good job forecast, you know, uh going through everything. I guess now it's time to talk about like our ten favorite matches yeah. from starting this year. So, um uh JD, we're gonna have you go first and then Rich will go second, and I'll go last, and then we'll you know, go from ten to nine to eight and all the way to one.
0: Easy peasy. All right. Well the good thing is we've like spoken about every single one of these matches basically. Seemingly <laughs> Uh, one one that uh, seems to have slipped a lot of our minds is my number ten, and that's Utami Micah, and the five star night one, July thirty first. <clears throat> this was, I, I was I was extremely curious how these two were going to main event a five star. I thought it was another mm-hmm. Hatman Got Balls choice <laughs> uh, co- <laughs> coming on uh, their their Cork and Hall match in January. It was it was a huge test to see how not just Utami being in yet another main event and bringing up one rival to her level. But it was also to see the full progression of Micah and in a major main event yet again, outside of a tag match, outside of trying to deliver in the Cinderella final with Sayaka Mitani. Uh This was a this really felt like a real next level main event uh, for her. And as a big Micah fan, this hit me. If, there, if there's three, I have three criteria when I when I uh, truly judge a wrestling match. It's story build, it's investment hype, and in-ring deliverance. And when you get all three, that's, uh, that's a match of the year. That's one of my favorite matches of the year right there.
1: Awesome, man. Um, <clears throat> my number 10 match, uh, I'm going to go to the uh, Grand Prix. It Zumi versus Shuri. Um, this was a joy to watch. I remember watching this on my couch on my phone and being absolutely shocked uh, Zumi pulled the upset win, and then seeing how well Shuri worked with, for lack of a better word, like this junior heavyweight, like it was like, hey. <laughs> 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 it, was, it was it was good to see their blending of styles, and uh, I look forward to uh, any time, like, uh, Shuri and Azumi match, I'm, I'm in from this point on.
2: Number 10 for me. Uh, Red belt match. Utami versus Takumi from osaka Hall on October 9th. Um, just, we mentioned it before, like, these two, as far as their body type, they pair right together where they're just, like, for their particular genre of pro wrestling, like, they are the hosses, and one has kicks and does, a, does some flying, a little bit of flying, but, like, it's more or less like when those two get together, is going to be this and they already had displayed it from their grand prix uh draw and it was just bombs being thrown and it didn't matter that takumi is you know used to ex-stardom in marvelous not um not as known of a commodity as the stars that are uh every single day in stardom but like they brought they came together and they decided like let's just beat let's just, just just let's just fucking do it <laughs> and, and it was fun it was fun and um like, it was it was showing some hill tendencies from Utami to, like, kind of be like, hey, she's kind of kicking my ass. Let me, like, work over her leg a little bit. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed this match. At the end, Utami ends up uh, getting up to Kumi and, and, um, and handling her in much weighted like, my, you could never, like, <laughs> you could never deal with, that, deal with her that way. So that was fun.
0: All right, moving on to nine, I guess, for me. Uh, I swear not all these matches have Mike in them. <laughs> but it's uh, – uh-huh. It's Shuri versus Micah, five-star, night two. Mm. So,
2: the headbutt bus spot is awesome. It really was.
0: You want to talk about throwing bombs and then also Micah just getting punted? <laughs> the, the, I mean, this was the journey for Micah to – it really told into her story of just being the workhorse uh, for the promotion in 2021. And she took beatings and she dished them out too. And this, to me, was the big start for Shuri. uh, Shuri's run in the five-star as well. <clears throat> Micah was tasked back-to-back nights with these uh, big main events, basically. And she delivered. And who doesn't like a Shuri punt? Let's be honest. <laughs> like, that Emerald that emerald
2: Flosion that she gave her dropped a run. Back oh. from that. Jesus Christ. Like, look, I love you. I'll
1: kill you to get this red belt. I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> just, just, just
2: awesome. <laughs> Shuri's awesome. Micah's awesome, too.
1: Uh, my number nine, Takumi Ra versus Utami. as uh, James was saying and I said earlier uh, meeting uh, of the of the heavyweights uh, Takumi being in a red belt match is always very appealing for me, uh, whether she'll be able to win or not uh, uh, another great rain, or match in the reign of Utami, and I'd love to see them run it again, hope they do
2: Number nine for me um, Budokan Hall Three three, March third. Uh, Yu versus Yoshiko. Um, this is a match that like I thought was never possible a, a year or two years ago. Like l- learning about the promotion, learning about wh- what how Yoshiko ended up out of the promotion and in seedling and the and the bad blood between um, um everybody involved and. And like what she did to act like I thought it was never going to happen, and then she shows up at the year in climax uh, last year, or sorry, 2020, and like we're they're having a ma- they're having a match in like you know because of the pandemic in a weird way. Like Yashiko has gotten herself over on TikTok as like <laughs> as this like this 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 baker of goods, and then with the frown of of a murderer and then like you know she's a champion of seedling and everything and uh this match comes to fruition and it's like i never would have thought this would happen but like i start watch i started watching seedling i i love nanai and, and yashiko and, and arisa nakajima so it was like to see that match happen in a way that i never thought was gonna happen and they have their match and it's like even though yashiko like has lost something of her aura because she's not like as big she's lost a lot of weight like she still gives such a vibe of like this is a killer and my is the best bumper himself in the world. And like, they just work together. And obviously like they have, you know, all that history together, um, as friends. And like, it was just, it, for me, like it was one of the happier moments of watching stardom. Like, of like, I'm glad that I started watching the promotion and I know this history and like, and they're going out there and doing it. And like, this is something that like, if this is in America and a major American professional wrestling. Like this kind of like when, you know, they go to Arthur rash and they bring out homicide or some shit like that. Like it's
0: awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, number eight for me was, God, I feel like I'm recounting the G1 and best New Japan matches, but I'm sticking <laughs> I'm sticking with the five-star. Uh, July 31st, again, it's Momo versus Mayu. And we, we've seen these two go at it numerous times. Uh, it, it's almost like they're incapable of having a bad match together, and it seems like they just get better every time with each other and try new things, new moves. Uh, this was the moment that Kind of Momo Watanabe really made her five star run and putting together good matches upon good matches, and it kind of it kind of gave you the feeling that Mayu wasn't really uh, going to win the final, but at least be in the mix. And uh, I think we all like uh, the way Momo throws kicks and Mayu goes goes at it, and they did crazy things because they are crazy. Mayu will bump and kill herself for whatever reason. It's Thursday. <laughs> like, hey, here we go. <laughs>
1: You know, when you're the greatest Watanabe in the business, you know you gotta, you know, yeah, you gotta act accordingly. <laughs> um, so uh, my number eight will be three-three. Uh, uh, Sai Kamatani versus Utami uh, Hayashista. Uh, the the rise of Sai Kamatani begins here. Uh, steps up to Tommy's level, has a great match, and Tommy uh, is tasked with this this youth essentially that's that's senior actually in age um (laughs) and uh you know they they had a a really noteworthy match that i really enjoyed and uh didn't feel out of place at all when you know we were looking at the card, and we're like oh there's a lot of depth everywhere so maybe we can sacrifice this red belt match but um it worked out pretty much better than uh one could imagine
2: Yep. Number eight for me, Tam Nakano versus Saya Kamatani, um, or December 29th, uh, white belt match. Um, this match is, I think, um, going to be a very important match for stardom's history going forward that Kamatani can get this match, this kind of match on the board, given that she's only been wrestling since the summer, 2019. Um, it shows like the, I, I felt like it shows like the, the hard work she's put into it. I feel like it shows the hard work that like queen's quest is put into it with her to get her to this point um and also tam and and and, and Kagetsu and and mayu and all that like to be able to do this and um that for them to have that match and have those kind of like action sequencing set pieces in inside this match in a way that like they've been thinking about their match that they had at um on July 4th, and maybe they weren't necessarily that satisfied with it, and they were like, let's go back in the lab and let's 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 knock this thing out and make sure that like we can get this to a higher level and they damn sure did and they were willing to go through a lot to get to it because like the way they treat each other's necks and heads was like Jesus like that's that's one of those <laughs> matches where it's like you know they're friends because like only friends are able to beat the shit out of each other in
0: that kind of way. Yeah, it's like watching Omega Bushi go at it or something weird. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> So my number seven is definitely going to surprise a lot of people. But if you uh, uh, listen to my podcast a lot and you know me, <clears throat> I do love tag team wrestling. I thought this was the tag match of the year in stardom. A multi-person. It is DDM versus DDM. DDM collide. Micah Himika against Shuri Julia at uh, Yokohama on April 4th. Uh, I love this match so much. I even did my own little statistics analysis on it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm, I, look, I'm an engineer. I'm a numbers guy. I love this. I love this kind of stuff. Uh, Micah was in this match for, I think I calculated 88% of the time. Uh, it it was Julia and Shuri just breaking her down. Himiko would come in every now and again, throw a bomb, get kicked out like yesterday's junk, but this was all about the Micah show and Shuri and Julia really establishing themselves as ALK, the main event tag team that they were uh, going to going forward. I think we got robbed of that in 2021. Unfortunately, due to circumstances, it was probably going to be a bigger, larger story throughout the year now they can tell that uh (laughs) with even more substance in 2022 i'm super excited it's uh really established a number of different things between julia uh, julia's new character coming off the hair match it established shuri as kind of being a part for the ride and getting into the main event themselves it established even the tag titles being the main event which is uh, something a lot of promotions really struggle with doing if they even try for the for that for that matter uh, I, I just adored this match. It's everyone has a match that just kind of hits them at the right place, the right time with the right structure. This did that for me.
1: Well, my, my number seven similarly, uh, hit me at the right time. <laughs> right. You know, thing, um, boy versus starlight kid, uh, oh, yes. high speed championship main event match. Uh, I believe that, I don't know if this was like starlight kids only main event this year. Um, but her and Natsupoy had went on a... It was like they brought the high-speed stuff to the main event. And I'm a, you know, I love Lucha Libre. I love high-speed wrestling, the, the hybrid of both. Uh, both of these uh, young ladies are masters uh, at their young ages, I would say. Uh, Starlight, a commanding presence and ring generalship in this match. Uh we didn't really talk much about her, but she was one of my more underrated like wrestlers of the year that, Same. Uh, I was I was watching. Her, I talked about her like being this, you know, this dog, this this pit bull, like this this animal in the ring, like and she doesn't even seem like it. But uh this was this was a great, great match and like you know, for the junior heavyweight division, you know, this would be <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Yeah, I uh...
2: I think at one point, before Nasapoy got hurt uh, in the middle of the summer, like, she was, she might have been my leader for, like, most recommended matches in stardom. Like, my, my, my my recommended match thing is like three and a half or better, and she was, like, all over the place at the beginning of the year. Um, number seven for me, uh, five star Grand Prix, Mayu Itani versus Momo Watanabe, uh, first day of the Grand Prix, I think that's July 31st. They, man, man, man. Like as you mentioned, they've had plenty of matches that are awesome. You can go through it. Like you can talk about the end of um, the Grand Prix uh, in 2019. You can talk about their White Belt match at the ninth anniversary show in 2020. Like I thought this was the best Momo and Mayu match I've ever saw, and I thought that the closing stretch of like them going or let's go into them going to the tournament at the beginning of the year and like they're kind of like in a weird territory of like the. They're in like this middle ground of like, can we actually can either one of us actually make a run and win this this tournament, and like they were kind of desperate from in a must win situation from like out the gate, and they they wrestled like it and um, Mayu or sorry Momo just like obliterates Mo, Momo or sorry Momo obliterates Mayu just like with punt kick out, out on the apron gets her in the ring hits her with like a nasty looking um. Too nasty looking, um, uh, was it a half 50-50, or sorry, chicken wing? Um, her whatever her finish is was
0: uh, that's a suplex. Just killed her and then gets. You're her talking off. about the new the finisher she kind of debuted in that match.
2: Uh, what's her what's her standard finisher? it called Peach Sunrise. I can't remember.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay,
2: yeah. Peach Sunrise just drops Mayu on her neck and Mayu takes these nasty neck bumps and then she's like, all right, she got <laughs> she got she almost escaped out the back door with a with a with a you know with a uh, roll up victory. I'm laying her out with a buzzsaw kick. I'm hitting her with my uh, Peach Sunrise. And then I'm hitting her with the Peach Bomb. And, like, that's the first time she ever broke that out. And I, like, I literally jumped out of my seat when she did that. It looked awesome. And I was like, this like this is a great match. Like, I felt like those two are the, you know, for, for a long time, I felt like those were the the, the, the the you know, the two or three best wrestlers in stardom. I still think that now. And, like, I felt like they had their best match together. And they've had a number of them. I and was, I was really impressed.
0: Still. Yeah, she busted it. She busted out Naruki Doi's Muscle Buster that has broken necks <laughs> in Dragon Gate. Nuts. Um, yeah, my number six. Already spoken about this before. It's Tam Nakano Sayakamitani Wonder Title Dream Queendom. Uh, we've talked about that match to death at this yes, point, <laughs> I think. So that's my number six.
1: Um. So my number six also um, is going to be Sayakamitani Tam Nakano. Uh,
0: hey, all right.
1: Yeah. Which over here? <laughs> uh, match the uh, graduation Saya to another level Tam drops off belt style um, and, and it was just it was just a brilliant uh, violent match uh, a lot of like um, poison runners that just looked brutal uh, from no matter where they came from whether they were outside the ring or you know them doing bumps on the apron and stuff like that it was it was, it was all like really physical and then Saya capped it off with a beautiful feet splash love it and uh, pass a
2: white belt around uh, her waist. No, no, no. Tam did that because I yeah. made you. Don't forget who made you. <laughs> 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 the, the homies, you know.
1: Yes. Yeah, I handed her the belt afterward.
2: You know. No, 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 no. Well, it's actually a it's actually a callback to when Mayu finally beat Eo for the red belt, where like Eo put the belt around Mayu's waist, but my, but like Mike, she couldn't put it around Mayu's waist because it wouldn't have fit because she's too skinny. But it fit on it actually fit on uh, Kamatani, uh, so uh, round six, right? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, Shuri versus Takumi Roja from the Grand Prix. Um, this will is, be this is the first half of what will be my four and five, my my five and six. Uh, this is the first half of the story of what I, what I have now called, like, building the legend of Shiri Kondo. Um, for her to then face this woman that has dominated the likes of, uh, Mayu Ibutani, um, in, in recent start of memory to face her in a win or get in situation, uh, or win or survive and get in situation, not knowing what's going to happen with, uh, Utami later. Cause she has, she has, uh, she has to, she can win and get in too. For those two to go at it the way they did uh in a twenty minutes uh span and like these are two of the bad motherfuckers in joshi and like Shuri comes in is like you're bad, I'm badder for most for the most part in like I rarely ever seen Takumi like on the on the defensive in in most matches I've seen and like to see that it was like kind of like wow Shuri is even better. <laughs> I think she is not really think super highly of her. So it was awesome. Um and I you know uh- I want to see a rematch. For I want to see a rematch. Bring her in and beat her. I don't care. Whatever.
0: I'll watch that one. That'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> My number five, we spoke about this before on the Wonder Title run. It's Tam Mayu, the, uh, the draw in Osaka. Uh, Osaka Dream October 9th. Hey, got that story, got that investment, got that in-ring. That's all I ask. <laughs>
1: Um, so number five for me, I'm going to go with Julia and Tam hair versus hair, um, from I think it's three, three, Yep, a goddamn war. Um, I remember liking their match back in 2020 where Tam got put to sleep Tam came all the way full circle here. Of course, hair versus hair matches. Uh, I, I hold them in high regard pretty much for the reason that. Uh, you know, the the way they executed the match, like where someone's you know cuts their hair and they're not you know happy about it, but they're they're gonna live up to their word and it's uh it's a whole thing and Tam finally you know got the big win, got the main event. Uh white bell is you know went to another level that night.
2: Number five for me, the final of the Grand Prix, Shiri versus Momo on uh September twenty fifth. Um you know Earlier in the year, they had their matches, and, you know, towards last year, They in tag matches, they would showcase those two versus each other, but we, you know, we never really saw, like, what they could do at their peak. We just thought they had, you know, nice little four-star matches, right? (laughs) And then they do this match after Shuri just went through, uh, or just had to go through a, a draw with Takumi, having to go 20 minutes, and basically got 25 minutes of time in, like, Momo, for the most part, is fresh. She had a dark match match because of uh, the, the injury to Julia. And, like, I, I remember Rich saying, like, it felt like the match is Momo has more bullets than the gun. Um, but by the end, like, it ends up evening off because, like, Shuri has just an unlimited reserve that we just did not know about because she's just the best. <laughs> and um, by the end, she ends up, uh, she ends up overcoming... Uh, Momo and like, you know, breaking out of that, that submission attempt at the end, but like she ends up besting Momo and like I would love to see them wrestle again. Like this was this match was just like
0: fantastic. I agree with you so much I had it at number four for myself. <laughs> My bad. Keeping it simple. Nah, it's good. That's the point, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, man. Um me too. So <laughs> <laughs>
0: I'm looking dad. at my paper.
1: <laughs> my dad. <laughs> what a coincidence. So uh, who wants
0: Copying my homework over here.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I wanted that match for a very long time. Uh, by the time it was happening in the ring when I was watching it, I didn't even realize it. It was like, oh, my God, this is the Shuri and Momo match that I always wanted. <laughs> I, I, I didn't put two and two together that they would be meeting. <laughs> uh, and this was just, you know. A lot of toughness, a lot of heart, and a lot of just like you know, somebody empties their gun and they hold on. I have, I have more bullets. I have this other gun behind my back. Did you know about this? You didn't. Okay, you're dead.
0: Man, you know what that match had? It had the backstage interview. Yes, for both of them beforehand. Oh my uh, God. you know what? If there was one thing I would have changed throughout the year, I would have done all their pay per view main events kind of in that style. Just a short little interview before the match, backstage. Yeah. They're getting ready. Maybe just a camera on them before yeah. they come out for their entrance. Something, something like. That. I think that that was such a good presentation for the five star final. Yeah, uh, that really s- set the stage for what that match was going to be and how it delivered.
2: Yeah, I remember when it would when they when, before we went to the live pay per views or whatever else they would have like you know stuff like that. You know, like you obviously have the backstage promos, but like they would also show people like behind the curtain before they walk down right. you kind of see like their see that but to see you know uh use upon interviewing momo and then like going to shiri and like Shuri's like literally in a corner with julia like trying to like help her soothe herself before she goes out to war again it was right. awesome and then like the reason why i paired these matches my six and my five together the way i did was because like it, it told us... That told the entire story together. Like, they're kind of... I didn't want to do a cop-out and make them one match, so I just decided to, like, you know, put them right next to each other. And, like, when she walks out for the Takumi match, she looks like, I'll beat it. I'll kill anybody to get to this to, to this trophy. And then by the end, when she comes out from Momo, she's, like, has all this doubt and concern, like, I don't know, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to see. And <laughs> she saw and conquered. It was awesome. Uh, so, my four... Um, Tam O'Connell versus Mayu, the white belt match in Osaka Joe Hall, uh, October 9th. Um, a lot of, like, this is the only match I've ever watched where, uh, because of my love for both wrestlers, like, right now, they are currently my two favorite wrestlers in the world. Um, I felt compelled to write something. I was sleep-deprived for days trying to <laughs> trying to make trying to make 600, 1600 words fit together, but I made it work, um, and I was really proud of it uh, because, like, I, 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 got into Stardom because of Freedom and Mayu's B still being around, and then I heard about Momo and liked her, and then the anniversary shows first, like Corken Hall main event that I ever saw of Stardom, and I saw that Tan match. I was like, this Tan girl's pretty damn good, and then to see her reach all the way to this, and then like leave the nest from Mayu to reach this peak, to, like say like you can't be a star, you can't be number one. While Riding Shotgun is the one's number two. And then, like, to get to this point where it's like, now they're equals. Like, and all this stuff has happened where they left each other in osaka Johal to get back to Osaka, or not Osaka-Johol, but Osaka. Now they're back in Osaka, and they're fighting, they're thumping, and they're really equals now. Like, I mean, the fact they went to a draw kind of makes kind of makes what I wrote feel like even more, you know... Like I was, like I knew what I was, what I was talking about. That they went to a draw. They're actually equals. They're real like equals. They went to a draw. So I loved it. Um, it's, it's. I just want to see them wrestle again. I just do. I just do. It's awesome.
0: Number three, maybe a bit, a bit low to uh, some other people, but hear me out. Utami Shuri world title, June twelfth. The the Meltzer five and a half star match. Got it three, uh, because. <clears throat> Mostly because the two matches above it, I thought, had the bigger story build, the bigger investment hype. Uh, I think they all kind of had the in-ring deliverance. This is stardom we're talking about, after all. I don't think that's a worry or a concern. So it's all the other factors that come into it for me on why one and two are where they're at compared mm-hmm. to this particular match. That's a hint, hint going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's everything I want out of my wrestling. It got it it, it got my fandom. At its highest peak Got my adrenaline pumping Got my testosterone flowing <laughs> The drywalls are knocked down <laughs> Things got crazy Let me tell you <laughs> Love this match JD I'm right there with you um, Stop copying my homework, Rich You're this, killing me this is, this is, this <laughs> At is least crazy. make it look a little different <laughs> number th- I, I'm sure my number two is
1: going to be different
0: uh, Than, than everyone's so. yeah, that, Yes, that is guaranteed Yeah um, <laughs>
1: But yeah, uh, same thing. I, I was actually able to watch this match unspoiled. I didn't know the finish, uh, I believe, and it was um, it was deflating,
0: <laughs> uh,
1: to say the least. Like I, I, I refuse to give it five stars. I was like, no, I'm not doing protest it. vote. Same here. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not doing it. But um, yeah, it was really great. Um, it it this match it kicked open a lot of people's interest in to stardom. Uh I loved it. I I was ready, you know, for Shuri to, to win, but it wasn't a it wasn't a deal breaker like fuck this shit or anything like that. It was just like Sigh. but um yeah that that was part one to, you know, another match that'll be on my list later. Yeah. Um number three for me, psychic oh,
2: I'm joking. Um Utami versus Shuri. <laughs> <laughs> um in june same things you guys have said as well as your num- as being your number three just um I watched that match and I went into it thinking like I don't like I can't wait for this match I've been waiting for this since the grand Prix last year and their tag matches have been awesome their chemistry is awesome um they're gonna they're gonna rip it up and I was like you can go ahead and put the four and a half, you know, put that in pencil. And if you need to adjust something, you put it, you can get your eraser or whatever else, but the four and a half is like the floor. And then they went out there and, they, they have, they had a match to the year contender, a legit match to the year contender. Not one of those ones where it's like, oh, this match of your contender, where you got to rank? Oh, it's like the 25th one on my list. No. Like, we're talking about one of the five or so best <laughs> matches in the world for people that watch wrestling all around the world. Like, for a lot of people, I, I love this match, uh, with all my heart. Like, and this, and I was absolutely like, like the finish was just, was gutting for me and like that, but that 13 minute stretch after that double, uh, after the draw to get to the double knockout was like, that was that outside of maybe Walter and Dragonov, off. I thought that was the best wrestling I saw, um, at 80 point this year. Um, you know, I didn't watch much new Japan this year, but like, I, I thought that it was just off the charts.
0: Number two, Julia Tam, wonder title hair versus hair main event of Budokan hall. I could go through the whole history of why this match is so important. <laughs> We've talked about a lot of these uh, uh, so much at this point. Yep. <clears throat> Look, it hit it hit emotional peaks that rarely gets in this industry. It hit, it had uh, story in ring story, uh, historical significance uh, that will <laughs> be very much looked at going forward. Number two. There you go.
1: Awesome, man. Um, so we're, I'm going to deviate. Um, obviously, I used that one earlier. So about time, Rich. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go Shuri versus Takumi Roja uh, from the uh, the dang the B the B block or the, the blue uh, block. This is just one of the most violent matches uh, <laughs> that I've ever watched in, in this promotion. And I was coming off my chair. I was recording clips, saying to my friends overdubbing them. That's how you know I'm really (laughs) liking a match. Like when I start sending clips out to you and I'm yelling over the top of the clips like with, you know, meme commentary and stuff like that. I didn't care. This one was a draw, ironically. Um, It just felt like, I I think I described it at the time. It was like, yo, you know, you're the baddest person in your school, but like that other person from across the town that's coming, that's come to fight you like they're bad too. and We gonna see. Like that's what, this was um, lots of kicking, just beating the fuck out of each other. Like took, for lack of a better yeah. description. Um, and, you know, to like, I, I love both of these wrestlers. Like this was the shit, like <laughs> the shit.
2: Number two for me, the Tommy high versus Shuri, the rematch, uh, no time, match for the red belt on, uh, I'm gonna say February, Uh, December 29th. Um, This match is the culmination of what they've done most of the year, and they finally got back to it and to see the rise of Shuri um, from that we talked about all throughout the year to get to this moment. It was awesome, and like for them to basically. Halfway, half of the beats from their first match, they, they put into the same match. They basically do the double down spot right at the 30-minute right call, just like they did in their uh, the draw in the first mm-hmm. match. Yep. Then they get back up. They start fighting. And then they big move, kick out, big move, kick out, bomb throwing. And then ultimately for, for Shuri to, and I had said this during the preview last week, There's like, somebody's going to have to bring out a new finisher to put the other person away. Something like that. Something's going to have to happen, but it's going to be awesome. And Were you expecting a one wing
0: angel? I... I
2: <laughs> She goes, Shuri goes for that Emerald uh, Flosion, doesn't work. And then she says, screw it. I got one for you. A one wing Emerald Flosion. I was like, (laughs) I jumped out my seat. I literally jumped out my seat and I was like, that's it. That's it. One, two, three. Fuck yeah. I was like, Shuri won. This awesome. And, you know, she, she wins. She goes out there and she, uh, and, you know, she, she talks about her mom. And like, I start like, God damn. Where'd all this dust come from? It's getting hard to see in here. And then, uh, and then I see her get out the ring and, you know, everybody from, she goes and hugs everybody from Donald on I was like, God damn, I'm so much, It's allergy season. All this pollen. It's ridiculous. And then, you know, she stops, turns around and then she, she sees Konami and she hugs Konami as Konami's like leaving. Uh, and I was like, God damn, Sure, he did it again. Twice this year, she's made me cry. Twice this year, she's made me cry. Fantastic match. Fantastic end of the uh or chapter of the story. I can't. And I think they're perfect uh, rivals for each other. And like, I don't know when they're gonna do it again, but like, sign me up. Sign me up anytime, any promotion, anywhere. I don't care if it's in WWE. Sign me up. Whoa, oh, oh, ho, oh. ho. Let's
0: not get crazy. Oh, that's,
1: that's cool it. That-
0: you know. <laughs> emotions need to be checked here. Let's
1: not, let's not go that far.
0: <laughs> yeah, I have it as number one. <laughs> I feel like I'm like one spot higher on a lot of these matches than you. <laughs> Just exactly uh right after. That's kinda of funny, but it's look to me it was it was the culmination of the promotion in twenty twenty one. It's the culmination of one of the best rivalries of the year. It's the it's the the culmination of what stardom has become, with two of their two of the top ten wrestlers in the world. You could argue, I, I, who would argue otherwise? If they watched, it's it's just an incredible journey uh, that was so much fun to follow. It absolutely had all of the hype and anticipation that reached <laughs> those emotional peaks that Julia Tam had for me. But man, with the level of intensity that these two were bringing, it was normally I'd be on the side of a Tam Nakano match. Uh, on this very, on this very day, on a rare occasion, I was on the side of the Utami Red Belt match, and I was ready for the next regime. On top, uh, look, I was convinced Tam was winning that, winning that title, and and uh, the difference was I was still fifty fifty on Shuri Utami. I, I was ready for either or. I was flipping coins in my head. Could you like? Would I hate Utami going another ten months? No. (laughs) (laughs) Would I? Would I love the Shuri run? Absolutely. I'm. I was in it for both stories, and that's such a rarity in in wrestling. It feels like where either result would bring you a lot of happiness and anticipation for what's to come afterwards. It. it, it, And I. I can't. In my head think of something that could have gone as good as what Tommy Shuri was able to bring at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, man. Number one, Tommy versus Shuri.
0: Um, you Don't time. say Rich.
1: Yeah. You know, <laughs> you're know, you not, not going to dress it up. Not going <laughs> to, not going to go, you know, <laughs> like take the long route. Like, um, this was a, a great classic title, world title change. Um, they threw the no time limit thing on there to kind of throw you off, make you think they were going like long as hell and all that. And I think they ended up going like 33, 36, 36 something. minutes and change. So, you know, that's right in the pocket. I, I would say for, for what these ladies have earned, like, um, you know, you look at matches sometimes and, um, you wonder if they can hold up the other week on a podcast. I said, um, you you think about you know the pressure that was on uh, you know Okada and Kenny to, to um, mm-hmm. uh, duplicate what they did every time, and I was like Shuri and Utami have a similar pressure, so I'm gonna like you know and, and have produced like you know in their world like similar results. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and extend them that grace and and you know and, and let them you know tell us a story, and, and I knew that they would top it. And for me, this was a better match. And this was this was crazy. Like, just so many big kickouts. So many. Just didn't know where the finish was going to come from. Uh, a battle of equals until, like, uh, you know, Cherry just went one a little bit deeper and finally got over the top. And she's the best. Well said. Number one
2: for me, Julia versus Tam Nakano. Hair versus hair, white belt match. Um, Boudiccan Hall 3 3. <sighs> Man, um, this you ever have a dream? I know it's Tam you can do this a dream, whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean like that. Like, you ever like dream of something or invest in something and want something to happen or hope or wish, whatever you want to call it, and then like it happens and it happens on a stage so b- bigger than you ever would have imagined. Like, for me. If if uh, Tam had beaten Julia in a non COVID world in 2020, I'm sorry, not Julia, but uh, Arisa Hoshiki in 2020 in a non COVID world, it would have been great. I'd been happy. It would have been it would have been one of the it would have been one of my favorite moments in watching wrestling ever, uh, watching wrestling most of my life. And that unfortunately didn't happen. But I ended up getting something even grander, something even deeper, and with a with a more heated rival. Um, and this was awesome. Like, uh, I, I think back of like Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 12. I think back of, um, Sting, before the fast count nonsense at star K 97. <laughs> I think, I think back of, um, you know, Austin at, at, at uh, WrestleMania 14. I think back to like, uh, after I stopped watching wrestling because the triple H just ran to terror to like getting back into wrestling, like thinking of, um, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30, Bayley, um at uh, TakeOver Brooklyn, um, Gargano at TakeOver New York, uh, Kenny Omega um, at Dominion 2018, and, like, all of those moments, like, this is up there with that. For all you American fans or, or people that are still listening that don't watch Darn and whatever else, and I don't know why you have now almost three hours and just listen to it, like, for me, personally, like, that was <laughs> as science fighting as any of those. Um, fantastic! Like, I can't turn that match. I can't turn. This is like the only match I think I've ever had where like I can't turn it on by myself without crying. I just can't. <laughs> it's just, it's just awesome. Uh, an amazing match. Um, culmination of years of somebody that was always over at the, at a top level, always had fan support, always was super charismatic. All like from what I saw, like for years, had a good enough to wrestle at that level. And just was presented that way. And you find out about all the behind-the-scenes things she's done and the people that she's inspired to stay to get into wrestling that are in the company now, whether it's Lady C or Kamatani or, at the time, um, Isuki Yoshino, And, like, for her to finally get her moment at Budokan Hall, of all things, is, like, mind-blower. Fantastic. One of my favorite matches of all time. Love it. Love it. With one of the most ridiculous slap battles you'll ever see, too. Oh, God,
0: their faces after that match. Brutal.
2: <laughs> I remember at one point I I typed in Tam Nakano in a search thing and, like, I don't know what it was. I think it was a boxer. It was a clip of a boxer that was eating, like, shot, like big shots to the chin. And, like, the person, like, in the caption said, this person has Tam Nakano chin. <laughs> after, after the slap battle she's had this year and he slug that she's had like this woman doesn't this woman has a jaw of titanium of
0: titanium she's not going she's not going down in the second round because of a glass jaw that's for sure no <laughs>
2: um but yeah this is this is great uh jd thank you so much for doing this um we need to have you all more often um to cover some of this stuff
0: in stardom um Happy to do. please anytime
2: uh, yes uh please give us your plugs
0: Yeah, Redleaf Retrocast, anime, gaming, a lot of wrestling content I put out. Uh, I like concentrating on uh, the business aspects, a lot of booking discussions. Um, I'm doing a retrospective on Ice Ribbon right now over on the Patreon, patreon patreon.com, Redleaf Retrocast. I'm about to break down some possible controversial takes, but there's data to back it up. I'm a numbers guy, so I love pointing to attendances. I love pointing to uh, champions and what they're able to draw. I uh, also do the Joshi 2010s journey, which was the whole point of starting the Patreon in the first place, covering the Joshi scene, women's wrestling out of the dark ages, uh, starting in 2010. So you can learn a lot there. If you, it, that's over on the $1.50 tier. $5 tier has a lot of other content. I just put out three episodes over the rest of all at Beyond Wrestling. Uh, all all, I went to five shows across three days. I'm exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, putting out a lot of content over there. I do LLPW reviews. My co-host does JD Star reviews, which is another promotion from the early 2000s, which has a lot of uh, historical uh, context for how Joshi promotions were kind of able to survive <laughs> in the Dark Ages to an extent. Isn't that where Rossi went after RCM went down?
2: Mm, no. That's no, where Jaguar I'm... Yokota went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, for some reason, why did I think of... I'm thinking... I, noticed... I could have swore that they... Work together. I mean, you might, that might happened, be thinking of A
0: to I'm Z, maybe that came in after RCN, but that's a conversation. Uh, whatever, I'm wrong. Day. I mess up your plug, yeah. My bad. Uh, I edit okay. this out. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not nah, keep it in. It's better that way. <laughs> 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 so yeah, Redley Leaf cast wrestling. We I, I like uh, also covering WXW, which is a promotion out of Germany. Uh, promotion near and dear to my heart. I spent time in Germany, long time, school, university. Uh, I hope everyone kind of checks that out. A lot of Joshi talk. Look, it's women's wrestling. I love it. Big fan. I Love going over a lot of history. Got a lot of content we put out over on the Patreon and on the podcast itself. I would love to have you guys on in the future. Hopefully, you can join me.
2: Definitely, Very definitely. Uh, don't have me to go over to old Joshi, but like, <laughs> like, but like if you if you want me to hop in to talk about you know a dying seedling, sure, sure.
0: Right after we talk about dying ice ribbon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man,
1: dying wave, dying <sighs> Diana. Oh man,
2: I, I, it it could get bleak. It really could.
0: It, well, who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Maybe, maybe there's a uh, light at the end of the tunnel for some of these promotions. I would be a little bit more bullish on Ice Ribbon than I would be over Seedling right now. I'm yeah, being honest, yeah, but damn, yeah, yeah, That's it's a conversation for another day and another podcast. Yeah,
2: yes, Seedle is like a freaking produce show at this point. Um, so <laughs> a lot of them are. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Uh, so yeah, um, that's in the show. Uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Be sure to rate us on whatever app you're using to listen to this with. Um. Donations. Donations. Uh, go to go to the Red Circle and drop us off with a donation. We were hard for y'all. Also, I don't know if we're past it yet, but if you have missed it, um, go to um, our page and listen to the FOH Draft. FOH Draft is a draft every year that we do amongst um, us and the two members of keeping a strong style, Josh and Jeremy. And we get drunk and we shoot on the terrible things that happen to pro wrestling of the year annually. Uh, I think this is what our fourth year, fifth year doing it. Fifth year, fifth year doing it. Um, so go ahead and, uh, hop on to there, uh, and drop us off a donation for the, for the, uh, for the show, pay what you, uh, pay what you can, um, and, uh, check out the other shows on Soul suplex, Size One Nation Radio, you have Keeping The Strong Style, you have Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show, you have Grumman Watch Shit, you have the Great Consequences Podcast, you have 8-Bit Suplex, you have All Things Elite, you have Great Match Generator, and you have uh, AEW Match Guy. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace.